Well, you came back. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> if you're one of those millions out there checking us out, gotta thank you once again. Welcome back to the Hunger for Knowledge podcast. Here with my buddy Jesse tonight. Rob, as always. How, how was your week, Rob? Good, good. You know, working on that pro- on the multiple projects as yeah. usual. You got a spaceship in your back room. Freedom, financial there. freedom is what that is in there. Yeah, that's, that's what the, that is. Man, that's that's so awesome. Like, I, that thing blows my mind every time I see it. I'm like, man, like that's really awesome that that you can put the time and effort into stuff and see it through. That's one thing, like I was telling him about you, like you see things through and that is, I don't know, that's, that's kind of a rarity. Yeah. Well, I think it's probably years of not seeing things through, trying to real, realizing at some point you have to uh, start <laughs> seeing them through. And people aren't going to believe you when you start talking about stuff. <laughs> How's your week, Jesse? Introduce yourself. Jesse's uh, one of the coolest most awesome people i ever met wow. i've always known that wow thanks, and he Will. plays basketball too and he plays course. basketball because so. basketball players are the best yeah and that's why i'll remind you again yes as usual is where it's at um i had a pretty good week uh so as will said i'm jesse um a little bit about me uh i'm actually a home health nurse i work with kids but i like to play basketball in my free time, uh, hang out with friends and family, and um, Will wanted to have me on and talk a little bit about kind of my upbringing um, and the ideals of how I became upon and am and identify with more of a libertarian. Rob, what uh, what, what kind of questions did you have? I mean, I know you you seem to be more uh, liberal minded. And- I. I think um I once again put in those boxes. I, I don't I don't really want to identify I guess with anybody, but I'm like in the middle cuz I think we have conversations where we we you could take those as liberal conversations and we have con- conversations that are conservative and in the middle and all over the place. You know, I I don't have anything against guns necessarily. Um I don't own guns. I've never even shot a gun, but I'm all for people having guns, gun rights. I'm for rights in general, freedom of speech, gun rights, those things, rights of the people. That's what I'm for. If that's a, if there's a political box to put me in, put me in that one. Well, and see, see, that's where uh, my my ideals came in, and my understanding has come in. Like, I'm by no means an expert libertarian. I'm not like a boxed-in libertarian. Yeah. I've had these conversations with Will before, where I say like I, I've at times I've identified with a conservative mindset. I'm not a re- like a religious person by any mm-hmm. means, but I'm big on the second amendment and kind of, as you said, rights, but like kind of like what you were saying, like you believe in freedoms. Well, who in our society takes away the freedoms? Yep. The government. Yeah. So ultimately like I just, my idea of being a libertarian is going to mean I want less government control of everything. Or the they could be the they yeah. too. I mean, I, I looked up the, the definition of libertarianism and it said libertarianism is a collection of political philosophies and movements that uphold liberty as a core principle. 
Libertarians seek to maximize political freedom and autonomy, emphasizing freedom of choice, voluntary association, and individual judgment. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a that's a perfect way of explaining how you know your philosophies of, you know, you always you always say you just you're just trying to do no harm, you mm-hmm. know. That's, yeah, and I think that that's something that is just a. I think a lot of people are, you know, just like that. You know, you don't really want to hurt nobody. You just kind of, you know, at the end of the day, most people just want to be able to feed their kids at the end of the day, give them somewhere to, that they can call home and stuff like that. You know, it's not it's not as deep. Sometimes, like, politics makes it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I just, I don't know. I feel like, kind of like Rob's saying, too, like, you're putting a box. Like, I, to me, ultimately, I think most of us, are going to identify with libertarian like the idea that if i do no harm to anyone else you should just leave me alone yeah like collectively you know i think we can accomplish great things but how many of us get into roadblocks like and and i mean you could say you know you could get into big details about it and say like oh well rules and this and that everything needs to be in place well i mean i just i beg to ask the question like what has the government done correct that's why like when we talk about guns everybody wants to say "Ah, take the guns so you're going to give make sure the people that can't do anything right in government now have all the guns they're the only ones they're the only ones that have the guns and and rich people rich people rich people yeah so that that's that's the plan i mean the gun debate is what it is and to me too we've also talked about this before where if there's some kind of martial law or whatever they want to do, it doesn't matter if we have guns, they're just going to mm-hmm. come in and it's going to be it. They got weapons that we don't even can't even fathom, you know? Right. But right. you also have to have the military people willing to do that. So, you well, know, well, and that's the thing. Like they're never, like there's never going to, in my opinion, there's never going to be another country. There's never going to be anyone else who comes and tries to go like gun for gun with us, you know, like no, ultimately yeah. the only way to cripple us is going to be any kind of major event. And, in that regard, like you said, like our our guns that we keep for personal use aren't going to do anything Asteroid. for that regard. What's that? Asteroid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like people controlled stuff, no, and like I mean, like uh, you know. Well, we own. There's more guns in the country than there are people. Mm-hmm. So I mean, the fact that like if any country would even think about coming in here, it would be right. It would be suicide. Yeah, I mean, I mean, other than you know, but. There's like, also... I'm not going to mess with them crazy people over there. Yeah. I watch the news over there. <laughs> they get shot what are they going to do Just to walking us? down the street. What do you mean? <laughs> you read the Twitter, the, the guy that runs that country? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I'm pretty sure that dude shot somebody. <laughs> uh, you never know. That's not you true. Never no, no. But he's done some things that I, I can't even imagine, actually, because the, the amount, like... I just learned today, this this week, that he has a bunch of uh, businesses in Saudi Arabia and all that stuff. I'm just like, you know, making deals with different countries while they're blowing up kids on buses. <laughs> Gotta love it. And just to protect our businesses we have. But, hey, I guess he's, he's here for the people. As long as they're in this country, he's here for the people. See, I see, see, this is where like, I can't always too. Cause like I get like the idea and like, there's, I know a lot of people like there's out there that don't like Trump and I don't like everything that Trump does. Like, don't get me wrong. 
But there's some things like I can see like one way, like where you're talking about Trump and one thing, like him in another business and like being with wars and stuff like that. But then like, let me ask you a question about this whole thing that came out with Colin Kaepernick, whether you believe about the kneeling thing or not, like, you know how there's like the controversial ad that's out right now? Yeah. yeah. Like with that, that whole thing, like one of the, I, I was telling, uh, I was telling Dean who's on here before and I don't know if I told Will about it, but there was one ad and it was, it was, it was a meme and it was about uh, Nike, like, just do it. And it was showing, like, the kids in the sweatshops who yeah. were working yep. for, like, 23 cents an hour. So yeah. it's like, you know, whether you believe in the Colin Kaepernick thing or not, you're pairing him with a bunch of a corporation that's essentially taking advantage of these kids for 23 cents an hour in another country. Not so. only that, but I don't know how, if you totaled up how much, but the amount of corporate welfare Nike gets. In 2015, mm. they got $2 billion in corporate welfare. So the people, anybody that's upset with Nike, there's a lot of reasons to be upset with Nike. Mm-hmm. I don't know about Colin Kaepernick being on the commercial, yeah, but right, right. like you want to talk about some things, <laughs> look at your paycheck every week and realize, you know what? In reality, you're paying Colin Kaepernick's salary with mm-hmm. the amount of corporate welfare they take out of your paycheck. Mm-hmm. So that should piss you off as much as anything. Well, actually, children working for 23 cents should yeah, piss you, you off more. Some Nike. Yeah, that should piss you off. That was one of the most ridiculous things. Well, I yeah, ever like saw. you're burning Nikes that these poor kids like struggled to make. I saw somebody. <laughs> I saw somebody say, "You gonna burn clothes and stuff? Take if you really care about the veterans, go take yeah. that to like a homeless veterans shelter or something like that. You care about you the kids? Take your shoes up. to the kids. Never again. Never again. Just." <laughs> Yeah. That, that's also like the whole thing like now it's just pr everything you i know? i don't i call it big, part-time patriotism when game. it comes to the colin kaepernick thing because people want to be upset and they want to get mad whenever the media brings it up and puts it in our face mm-hmm. but when that goes away in two weeks mm-hmm. are you going to the home to the veterans va volunteering at right. the va no you do, there may be some people that are doing that but there's not you know, 90% of the people probably aren't doing that. Right. You know, so it's kind of, it's pretty hypocritical that you're now giving somebody that's actually put his mouth, money where his mouth is. He's donated a million dollars. You know, he's basically sacrificed his career. You know, you can, you can compare him to other quarterbacks in the NFL, but let me tell you something, name 16 quarterbacks in the NFL. You can't even name 16. So if you can't name 16. Disclaimer, I'm not that big on football. Well, (laughs) I've had this, but there. 32 teams in the NFL. There's not 32 good quarterbacks in the NFL. No. And it's to the point now where he's been out of the league long enough that probably he's not. He couldn't come back and probably. He could be a good backup, but he couldn't start. Well, Michael Vick, you never Maybe. know. Maybe. You never know. People forget he went to, I think, two Super Bowls, led a team to three NFC championships. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like it's not like they were 0-16 every year. I mm-hmm. mean, he was... He was successful. We measure we measure football players on winning, right? It's definitely <laughs> well, and that, that's one of the things too, though. Like ultimately, like you were saying before, like freedom of speech is so important, and you know what, it is. And see, I'm one of those people. I could see both sides. Like to me, I don't agree. I I wouldn't if I was out there. I wouldn't kneel. Like I don't know. You guys play play basketball and stuff yeah. too. Like I always took it as a sense of pride to be out there and stand, and I would get the chills with my hand across my chest, like thinking about the people, like. And there's good and bad people everywhere, but just thinking about the people who sacrifice themselves, like that's what it always meant to me. I gotta be honest. When I when the when the they put the flag up and people, I start looking around at the people. I'm thinking these people just, you know, 
singing and and like all these things that go like the war is big with me too like mm. all these wars going on and like not they just blind it just seems like a almost seems like a cult when the when the american when they're playing the anthem well what it's is, freaky what is patriotism yeah at the end of the day patriotism is actually like a different word for like nationalism like you have a you have Patriotism comes with this idea that I'm a part of the greatest country in the world. And at other times, people have been seen as complete, like, nationalist, like, crazy people for saying stuff. Like, you know what I mean? When Hitler was saying, like, look, we are the German people. We are the strongest people. They're like, that dude's crazy. But Mm. on the other end, they're like, I'm from America. And we're on the top. And... (laughs) It's like, yo, it's one world. We all in this together. And I'm trying to facilitate that thought in the world. I'm not trying to facilitate the idea that the United States of America is the greatest. You know what I mean? Like, that's why would I want to even hold that over people's head? Like, uh, yeah, but I would (laughs) think, though, that we want like for me, it's it's more of I want to go back to the idea of what America was supposed to be. Maybe, I guess. And maybe it's just the idea I have in my head personally. It's subjective. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's those freedoms. And that's probably why I get so upset yes. because like one thing I know I don't want to be is have anything to do with China because China's just, they're crazy over there. The government's crazy. They over banned there. Peppa Pig. I just saw that in the news. You know paper. what they did now? What? You know, they have a social media score for every person. And if you don't score a certain number, it, you take away privileges for you. Yeah. What? I mean, like, that's what's going on there. Like, that's scary stuff. That's pretty wild right there. That's a, that's a lot of people that are like, you know, I mean, I don't want nothing to do with anything like that. I mean, Russia is, you know, the superpowers are really what China, Russia, and us. Mm-hmm. And, you yeah, know, Putin's get, crazy. Never get it confused. <laughs> America, I do believe it to be one of the greatest countries in the world. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that it doesn't have its flaws. Well, with, with freedoms comes consequences. I mean, that gives people the freedom to do bad things, to do things that are wrong. So that's the truth. like, that's one of those things where, I mean, I almost like it's, it's terrible that it comes to that, but there's good. And I think there's, I'm one of those people. I think there's good and bad in everybody. Like no one is solely good or solely bad. Maybe they're, too far gone one way or the other mm-hmm. but you know it's a t- kind of like a tipping scale thing and i mean that's like with guns like a good person can have a gun and it never hurt anybody and then there's people like like i'd i my guns will never hurt anybody unless they ever come to try and hurt my family like you know it's, yeah. just, it's just that like i i have my guns for defense and right. for leisure and i think most people i mean 99 percent of america is probably the same way Right. Was just we had that one percent thrown in our face, or less than one percent thrown but in it, our face. But is a situation like Chicago or uh, all these these other inner cities that that violence has been there for a long time? You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's om- it's almost kind of been overlooked. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know exactly absolutely. what I mean. You know what I mean? Yes. We, there's been this situation where 
once it started, once gun deaths started happening, like in these uh, sensationalized events that happen, you know, I, I, I got to start with Columbine. Yeah, mm-hmm. Columbine was like ninety six ish. I, I don't remember. So wild. After Columbine, I feel like it became a thing. It was like okay, school shootings, mass shootings, things like that. We're going to report about these things incessantly. Like we're going to just report the shit out of it. Right. And then it became this thing that was in people's heads, and they were like, "Oh well, now that shit could happen." Where I take little Timmy, and then they're like, oh, well, something has to be done about these guns. But it's like, what about all these years? All these people were dying in the yeah. street. Like, you didn't care about guns then because it wasn't your reality. But now that that reality is knocking on your door, you're like, oh, now it's time. It's like. Well, the Chicago was such a complex. It's You got a, the former president that was the senator, right? He came from, from Illinois. So he didn't do anything about it, which mm-hmm. was ridiculous. He knows about it. has been going on for a lot longer than recent times. It's just more well-known now. Well, mm-hmm. it's not that well-known. We've just been talking about it more. And the fact that they, the fact that the media will post somebody that does such horrific crimes, put their face all over the, the TV, put their name all over the TV. You know, if somebody wants to go out in a blaze of glory, well, yeah. they, they, they want to go down in history. Well, and most of these people who do these acts are nobodies, so that's their way of being noticed. And well, the the mental health of the people, most of these people, or less ones that have been reported on, most of them have been on psych- psychotropic. Yeah, like drugs. they were on the, some sort of SSRI. Yes, or that's what I'm trying you to think. All, of. Oh, my that God. kid that that it's shot so the disgusting. people up in Jacksonville. Same mm. thing. So, it's so dis like it's so. When are those people ever going to be accountable for what they've done just, to some of the psychology of the people of America? I was, gonna, like, I don't know if it'll ever come to anything. I really don't. That's why, like, when we talk about what America is, I, I think my idea of what America is is just complete, has changed over the years. You know, the politicians were supposed to work for the people. Well, now the people work for the politicians. The police are supposed to work for the people. But the really, they're they're not working for the people. They're working for whatever the politicians and whatever, you know, they're giving you fines. Well, the fines, and originally, the police weren't there to give everybody fines or protect the, the community, mm-hmm. you know. And it's changed over the years. And I think that's the idea of what America was is awesome. But where we're going... And where we've been going is the is the troubling fact. And I think when you start out with the idea and you're and you peak, right? I feel like we're on the, the decline now. We peaked at a certain point. And now the corruption and all the the madness has taken over. That's that's the problem. Because like you said, with the with these these pharmaceutical people, like I just read um, today an article about this this one the one guy that was in charge of the one pharmaceutical company. I can't think of it now, of course, but he just just bought the patent for a drug that now fixes pe- that is supposed to help people that have a problem. So now he's selling the drugs that give them a problem and also owns the patent for mm. the drug that now helps them relieve the problem. He's a genius. You know what I mean? He's like, a genius. For every problem, if you want to make yeah. some money, we got to create a problem and a solution. But honestly, I feel like that's that's government altogether. Yeah. 
and the economy like it's all it's all wrapped yeah. in together and just like the divide you're talking about and how the former president was from an area that was crime ridden and wasn't wasn't able to do anything about it or you know things like that like i think ultimately i think they want us divided I think it's, oh, to me, like, you know, I, and in a way, I guess it can sound like a little bit of a conspiracy or not, but I don't, I don't trust any of it. Like, you know, <laughs> like I try not to, I try not, and I don't go down that route, but I just, I don't trust them. I don't Everybody's believe anything a conspiracy I see. Theorist. I don't, Everybody is. I don't think it's conspiracy because I think it's plain sight. The divide is so, is so deep and integral. I mean, there's so many things that we're divided on. It's like everything. You know, everything is division. It's just like they just they just find a nail and they just keep hammering it in. They're hammered in and, you know, we're divided on foot. Now all of a sudden sports is divided. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's an easy way to that's an easy way to create division because people are if you think about it in this area, there's a lot of like Steelers fans, but there's a lot of Eagles fans and there's a lot of, you know, there's some Ravens fans, but there's also some other fans. There's Dallas fans. Mm-hmm. You know, those lines that are drawn just in sports without any of the other stuff, because that's how people are in nature. So, of course, there's just it's not that's not divide. That's just how sports are. But you take something like that atmosphere where, you know, with the kneeling thing, it's it's just not hard. It's not hard to create that divide once with something like that. Where, you know, I think the question becomes, where did that sense of division come from? Because I think there there are a lot of people who in, in sports or in politics. Well, I mean, in um, general. Okay, in general. Okay, from from the standpoint of like the United States, where did that the want to divide people? Where did that where did that begin at? With people having different ways of thinking, man. Like that's that's the way I look at it, and that's the part of having the freedoms because you have the freedom to not go the same way as someone else, and that's where like my my belief system comes in because i feel like if you're not gonna if you're not gonna be spewing hate speech and doing some kind of crazy stuff out your way like ultimately i don't care if, you, if you're a family man you're taking care of your kids and you're doing what you got to do like i don't care how it's done like wh- my- you know within reason like you don't harm people you're not hurting yeah. little kids you're not yeah. hurting people you're not planning to do crazy stuff then i don't <laughs> care i don't care what you do yeah, it shouldn't it shouldn't really be anybody's business because how long have people existed and never had anybody govern their behavior? Like how many generations of people existed in the past that never had somebody like, "Hey, you know, you can't really kill that thing right there." <laughs> you can't you caveman. can't really live right there. All these people, you the know. Caveman. Yeah, but it's not even just cavemen. When you think about it, how many people were free? Like, how many people wandered in your own blood, in your own genetics? How many people before you just wandered the earth and was just like, I'm doing whatever I need to do to survive today? Mm-hmm. It's, those people far outnumber the small time that people have been controlled in this manner. So I think that that works on people. I think that that ultimately it's that that's that feeling of when you're sitting in your job or like when you're sitting in school looking outside and you're like, that's freedom. Like that's that's a part that's that's a part of my genetics. I come from people who wandered the earth 
Yeah, but you're you're thinking of a peaceful time where they're wandering the earth and it's not like oh I come across this person. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm I'm trying to okay. So then I'm thinking of it. I'm thinking of a time that would be peaceful. Can can you imagine just living in the Amazon where and you've never met, never had contact with the outside world? Yeah, you know. So that would probably be like the only point, like nowadays, where that would happen. You know what I mean? It's people right now. Yeah, that's why I think my ultimate hangup with politics is that. It seems to be this thing that has a very rigid understanding of how human beings can conduct themselves. They're like, oh, well, democracy. It's, it's deeper than democracy. It's, it's, I don't think we have, re- we don't have just political issues. We have civilizational issues. Mm-hmm. Our problems mm-hmm. are things that are deeper than the politics. They're, hey, why do you treat people like shit like you know what i mean like that's (laughs) well and i mean you can go like i i have no degree in this regard or whatever but you know just think in my own way like you're saying how how people are like that and i think just the way that they communicate i think there's a hang-up i mean you're talking too about the the world and globally and stuff like there's one one reason i can think of ultimately you know besides traditions but you know language i mean I, I can't understand Chinese and I can't even at the at the moment comprehend it. Like I I learned a little bit of Spanish in school, but well, our communication even now though is becoming just with people in your own town. Yeah, people you go to school with because now we don't communicate. We send text messages and we send emojis and we send whatever. So the communication part's even getting less and less and and less. Well, and not being able to communicate your emotions too yeah, when you're emotionally invested in things and i think that's where a lot of the divide in politics come because people get so emotionally invested and we should be able to talk about it and have discussions and even though we don't have laws like you know against that like what what is it that's taboo when you meet someone new don't talk about what religion politics and there's something else but race like, don't yeah. talk about race that's yeah, like, weird to well, people but but those those three things like you don't want to go up and generally it's like a taboo thing but ultimately like that should be one thing that we do talk about like how else are we going to get to common ground if we're never supposed to talk about it yeah absolutely there's this thing in the world where i know that you have a you have more sympathy for Trump than a lot of people I know. And I don't know if I have sympathy. Well, I don't know if it's sympathy, he but cho- it's he more chose his position. He, he, <laughs> he said it's some not dumb so things much. that he is dealing with the repercussions. I know that you see morally from the same standpoint. At, well, not, you know, a hundred percent, the same standpoint, but I know that you, your ethics, uh, you know, you see things that he's done, and I know that morally you can't get behind those things. Oh, certainly. So, so the thing is, is like for a lot of people, they feel like if you have any kind of Trump support in any way, that you're kind of supposed to like write that person off, like that person, like don't talk to that person because they they Trump. They supported Trump in some capacity. Mm -hmm. The world can't work like that. Nothing good comes from uh, just outcasting somebody because they think some kind of way that you don't like that's that's what creates the bubbles and that's what creates the divide too that's what i mean not reaching out and talking to people you disagree with i think the media has a big part in that whole what what you guys just said because too many people turn on that tv and conflict whatever he says anybody that whatever trump would say 
anything he says, if you believe in Trump in any way, now you're associated as that, you know, and well, it's whatever they decide. Like if the media keeps telling everybody, hey, well, he's a racist because this, this and this. Oh, and then you go to work the next day and some guy's saying, he, you know, he he didn't like what Trump did here, but he liked. But it doesn't matter that the fact that he likes him a little bit. Now, all of a sudden, we just can make him a racist. You know, what I mean, like yeah. is condemning him. I mean, as I think association, he, he's done a lot of things to mm-hmm. make people think he's a racist. Yeah. But the one thing growing up here in Ephrata that I had to learn quick is that I had to I had to see past people's ignorance. Like I had like that's that's a hard thing to do, because when somebody does something that offends you, you're like, oh, so when I was growing up and like 90 some percent of the people I grew up with had like these racial hang ups, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I had to be able to see past their ignorance to the better person behind it in order to be friends with like anybody. But you didn't like, have that's to. Like that's the kind of person you are. But that's a crazy thought, to. though. It that's, is a crazy it, thought, it, it, but it's a thing. It's a, it's a real thing that I think people need to cultivate in their own lives. Look at the things that you are disgusted by and be able to see the human behind the ignorance. Because if you don't, you're going, you run the risk of not just not meeting people who might change your life just because you have some problem with, with their philosophy. Mm-hmm. The world can't work like that. It just can't. <laughs> but I think we learn from each other too. We do. Like having differing views and, and being able to talk to each other about it like that, that's huge. Like you were saying, some people, it's like, oh, you voted for this person, you voted for that person, you have this belief, like, I don't want to talk to you, I don't want to associate with you, like, I saw that there were women saying, like, oh, putting on their, their tinders and stuff, like, you vote for Trump, I, you know, don't even bother trying to talk to me, like, that was the whole thing on, on the news and <laughs> That's stuff. That's, like, crazy, like, it's just, like, madness to me, like, I, it's, like... But the uh, same thing happened, the same thing happened with Obama, like, the, did there's it, a though? lot, well, the, I mean, see, this is the thing, though. I wasn't into politics as much then. Like I, I'm the same way. So like, I I really wasn't, but I remember hearing some old, like people who were Republican. And the funny story is like growing up, I was more of a Democrat. My whole, like growing up my whole life, like taking tests in school and stuff like that. And I mean, I was never big into politics, but you know, my mom, my mom, she's a, a Democrat. My sister's a Democrat. And, I actually, there's some democratic views I believe in, you know, like yeah. there's some things I'm like, Hey, you know, that makes sense. But it's kind of weird. You have to though. be placed in a box, right? You yeah. have to vote for somebody, right? Right. Or you don't vote and oh, you're not doing your part for society. But yeah, that's what they tell are we, that's what they tell that's what they tell I me. I told Rob, I was like, me and Rob, we we we're like the <laughs> the scum We're the black sheep we're of the scum black of, sheep we're of the America. Scum of the earth. Like, how dare you not vote? What is wrong with you? Do you know how many people died so that you could vote? Well, I get it, but it's like, I just, in all honesty, it's like fuckery. That's really, like, that's what it reminds me of. Fuckery is the perfect word. I don't, what, this person who's going to read a bunch of, like, speeches that somebody prepared for, like, I don't even know this person. Like, I don't even, like, no, there is no, no Messiah president. No, People no. keep looking for this person who's just going to come one day and he's going to be like but that's Jesus in the Oval Office. <laughs> we're, we're like everyone says and they identify with the fact like that we're a democracy, but technically we're a 
democratic republic. Right. Because a democracy would be like mob rule. It would be like, okay, everyone gather together. And do you like this rule? Everyone raise your hand. And the one who has the most wins. But no, we vote for someone who we believe is going to do what they say. That's like uh, when me and Mike have our conversations after basketball. He's always talking about the republic. You know, always like, talking about the republic. Always. Yeah. He's, he's on the republic. He's... Yeah. They get, he was showing me something. He filed some kind of document. Oh, don't look at his documents. No. It'll blow your mind. You'd be like, it was what? like It was like a, his birth certificate, and then something was stamped on it. And he's like, I can go into court now, and I can talk to the judge. And the ju- I'm like, dude, I don't say? know what that is, but. You know what's really cool? <laughs> I don't want to ever act like it can't happen, because you never know. No, I think it's real. I just think that people are too stupid. Like, I think that he understands something about the law that most people are just going to, in their lifetime, never get to. They just be like, opt. It's too much work. It's too much work. Most people don't want to get into it. He he does a lot of research. So much research, man. You wouldn't believe. And he knows when he decides he's going to do something, he does, like, he's shown me pamphlets of stuff. I believe it. You know, and he does his research and he's determined and he decides he's going to do it and he does it. I have love for all people. Who see something in their mind and then find the willpower, the perseverance to make that happen. And he is, yeah. Mike is one of those people. Mm-hmm. He's an actualizer. Yeah. Funny thing. Well, that's that's the definition of a success is actualizing yeah. goal. Like, well, Right before we left, because we didn't get into this, but Dean lives with Jesse. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. on the way over, like before... Like before I left, Dean was like, "Yeah, he said he, I'm going to play football with Mike." Yeah, so it's coming. funny because I t- I gotta pick him up. <laughs> you, you picking him up? You yeah, playing? Yeah, I play. Oh man, Dude, I, you're gonna have to carry me off the football field. Oh, I you guess think that's true. You see me play basketball? Yeah. I pretty much play basketball how I play football. Like <laughs> I associate football and basketball together. Yeah, man. <laughs> but that was funny. That was that was funny that they were uh, that they were playing, and then it was real ironic because. I dropped somebody off like at that, like right around that field earlier yeah. today. Like uh-huh. that's that church, the uh, Petra that, church, that, yeah, right. Yeah, I hadn't been over there in a really long time. Last time I was there, I messed my shoulder up. Mike threw a pass. Oh, you play? Yeah, that's right. He you threw were a pass, me. and I went down to the ground to get it. And when I went forward, like my shoulder just—I don't need—I heard stuff, and then I, <laughs> so I'm just running off. I got home. And I remember I, I was like, I don't have insurance, so I'm just going to lay here and heal. You know what I mean? On some Wolverine shit, you know? Like, <laughs> and uh, I don't know. My shoulder's pretty good now. Can, so. I, get you, <laughs> can I get you some of that C60? That stuff, that's some good stuff. I told him, I said, man, Mike is definitely going to be the quarterback because Mike has a cannon. Yeah. He's quarterback, of course. He has a cannon. I'm center. It ain't hard. You're center. Yeah, I just got block people. I'm not doing a whole lot. I can't. I can't play football if I'm not running the ball or a wide receiver. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. can't do it. There's not a lot receiver. of 42 year old running backs. You know yeah, man? I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> man, I miss playing. Uh, that's I what really I said. You're gonna have to carry me off. I uh, love playing. I miss playing football all the time. Sports I, in general. That's. I, the, I think I, that's the worst part, like about getting older, because it's not that. Not that we can't do it, we're all still involved yeah. in sports in our own way, but it's just, uh, I don't think, you, until you're older, you don't realize how much you miss sports. That's why I still play basketball. That's why I still, I still play football. 
Yeah. Like going spurts, like I, I, you know, having a season, having a set, which is, you know, we've been playing at the rec. But. Yeah. I mean, it's hard, you know, once you get to a certain age, you start, you got kids, you got family stuff. I mean, you, it's hard to make that time, but it's also important mm-hmm. to make that time. You got to make that time for yourself. Uh, you know, it's hard. It's really hard, man. Like I, like I just got done telling, you know, I was going to play for my friend's team in the ABA and I just got done telling them like. A week ago, I was like, you know, I don't think I can do it. Yeah. And the reason is that it's not that I don't think I can play with them. I, I know I can play with them. You know, mm-hmm. I've played with them on other teams and stuff. But I told him, I said, I don't, I don't feel right being on this team with people who are actively still trying to be better basketball players. Like, I'm not actively trying to do it. Like, I used to shoot like four or five times a week like i used to like be in like really good shape and all kinds of stuff and i don't i was i just don't feel like i feel like i'm cheating people if i'm just like yeah i'm going to work and watching kids and then coming here and playing with people who are trying to play overseas and stuff like that like i can play with them mm-hmm. but i don't feel like I, I just don't feel right. I just, I, it feels like I'm, I'm cheating something or maybe it's just, you know, there's, it's a lot of time and, you know, it's, it's a lot of playing semi-professional sports is weird because it's like you, it's, it's like for the glory of it kind of like you may not really, nothing may come of it at all. You gotta be all in. You get, you know, you know, you gotta be all in and, you know that takes such a it t- such a toll. Such yeah. a, I can only imagine what it's like for somebody who at the tip top to mind with you know playing seventy two game you know eighty two game oh, season man. or something like that. Like that's got to be wild. But that's in the NBA. That's your what though? You're and at that I point. No, but, but it's like all you of know, them. You got wife at home that's taking they care got of the kids, kids, and you know there's no you know. I remember hearing Austin Rivers talk about how like he really only got to really know Doc Rivers. Like when he became his coach, because he was gone when <laughs> right. he was a kid, and I'm like, oh, so that's what's happening all the time. That's why all these legacy kids are real good, because they're like, man, you know what? You you didn't even come to my games. I'm I'm gonna be way better than you. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like yeah. then next, now you got LeBron James Jr. and stuff, but not Bron, because Bron coaches his son. But think about cool the coaches like though. Even the the coaches, the players that retire at some point, right? Yeah. The coaches are co- sometimes coaches for like, I mean, Bill Belichick has been a coach for, I, I mean, I can't imagine. It's yeah. got to be 30 years or something like <laughs> yeah. that. So imagine he's probably, his kids, how much of his life, of their life was he even a part of? Like Right, you know? Like, to be as good a coach as he is, it, it's not like he's there 20 hours a week. He's got to be there, you know. I don't know how many hours, but it's not. It's not like it's probably having two full time jobs. I'm sorry, yeah. but that that can't be any kind of healthy. I mean, for your for your family, like there's no way. Like your your presence is the number one like needed thing. Like, like the mom's <laughs> like, mom's like, like a single mom that's there, married. You know I mean? She's yeah. like a single mom that's married. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know that's that's wild. But I guess. Uh, I mean, there's a reason, you know, Andy Reid had a son that was, um, he when he was coach of the Eagles, his son died of he had drug overdose, I think, or something. Had a terrible drug problem. I remember something about that. Yeah, one of, I 
Jared, uh, Jared Reed, maybe. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But yeah, I mean, and Tony Dungy, Tony Dungy's son committed suicide. Oh man, yeah. I don't know how that. That's like that one guy of those, seems like the nicest yeah, guy in the seem, world. How's that? You know. You know. You, you remember back when we used to play basketball at the church, and uh, Alan was always reading out uh, that Tony Dungy book. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, man, like, I found that out that his his son killed himself. I was like, what it made me really think is, it's like, okay, you think a person like Tony Dungy would be able to raise a child who would not been to like killing himself or something like that but the truth of the matter is and this is what it made me see it was like no matter how much how you raise a person a person can experience traumatic events in their life to lead down that road and as a parent that's probably the scariest thing yeah that's that's wild and there's some there's been some kids who've been raised in terrible environments who've gone on to be successful in spite of it absolutely and that's uh, that's that's the ultimate thing and that's why i think there is no exact book on parenting like they have no. they they they're constantly changing and like see that's another thing like with this whole thing going around now and like the how they're talking about the increase in the mass shootings and things like that and just certain events like i think that has to do in my opinion with you know there being so much leniency with with some some of their some people's kids and at the same time like it's it's not that you have to be the perfect parent one way or the other but i feel like as a parent you have to definitely be involved you have to be present yeah you have to be involved i mean you can say a lot of things and you can try as hard as you can but if you're not even present how much are you trying right you know i mean i think people uh, (laughs) i think you know with mass shootings the thing that always stuck out to me was i when you grow up here you understand that you grow up in a violent culture like your culture is you play violence you understand what i'm saying like you do like as a child you play at violence and then in your mind think about the things you've thought about to like bosses or something you know what i mean like Think about the things, the fantasies, little short fantasies that you've had of things that you <laughs> would do to a person if the situation was right because they this person is making your life hell. We are, uh, our, our aggression is, is seemingly uh, pretty high. Now, I know that you can compare that to certain places. You could be like, well, that's not like Sierra Leone or something like that, like where there's like child soldiers and stuff like that. And that's very true. But I think this kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. Just because America is great and does great things does not mean that America is devoid of filth. And that, like, that's all that this kneeling thing is about. The kneeling thing is something needs to change with how the police are operating. And as a community of people, we feel as though you have not protected us thoroughly. So it's like when a person doesn't have any kind of respect for that, you start to see that, well, maybe they just don't, you know, maybe they just don't have uh, the compassion to, you know, to see that somebody's hurting, you know. Um, 
Well, I think when it comes to what we don't realize and what I haven't anybody even talk about on the media or in general is how many of these players that we don't give them credit for going out and working in the community where they were working in the community before this topic even came up. I mean, one guy, I love Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch goes to the middle of Oakland, and he goes to where he came from, and he's in the in in Oakland working with kids, you know, that are less fortunate than the rest of us and doing things for the community. Imagine if he wasn't doing that. I mean, even if he, he affects one kid in a positive way, because, I mean, all these people talking about him, him in particular in a negative way i don't see them going to the middle of oakland and helping doing something he's shedding light on something that america everybody wants to think of america as like this bright shiny place which is fine uh but as soon as you want to tarnish it if this gets tarnished at all then we gotta we don't want it we don't even want to hear that or have a conversation about it the reality of it is there's places in america that have problems that have issues and uh, we got to start start taking care of those places or all of America will be that same way. We can, you know, we I think we have to stop the romantic like we have, we have to stop romanticizing the story of America. Like we understand that, you know, there were great and like noble things done by people. But at the same time, the inception of this is criminal. And 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 on some level, we know that like we understand that. And that's why I think, you know, uh, the Native American population is something that is like so invisible. You know, I can't remember the last time I actually saw like a Native American person mm-hmm. because that's the reminder of, hey, look, this whole thing that you have put up here started in genocide started in violence and if something starts in genocide and in violence don't you think that that would be kind of ingrained into the people a nation i think is defined mostly by uh the similarities in thought more so than color or anything like that it's what your conception of the world you're like well people killed people when they got here then when they started to establish things, they wanted to be free. They wanted to be free while holding the freedom of people. You know what I mean? Like that's in that. So, you know, at the end of the day, you're like, this is certain things, but it is also other things. Right. And I don't think we should sweep under the rug, like all of history either. But at the same time, I feel like some things get dwelled upon so much that, we don't have the ability to change and that's one of the big things like in in my beliefs like if i can't change something it's going to drive me crazy trying to think of ways to change it and make it better so if you can't change something you have to accept it i mean and, and i mean and you don't like it's going to it's going to drive you nuts and that's where like in some things like i'll either keep working to change something or i get to the point where i accept it like i don't ex- i and i don't want to sound uh, harsh or heartless in that regard because I'm not saying what happened in the past in regards to a lot of people and the genocide you're talking about the unfairness of the Native Americans um, or you know even you know slavery and everything and segregation you know back in the day like I don't agree with any of that that's not how my beliefs are I don't think that's the way to live um, I think it's unfair but I like I just I don't see like all I all I can see is what I can do 
moving forward to show that I'm not like that. I'm going to raise my kid not to be like that. And I'm, I'm going to judge people by their character. And that's, you know, ultimately that's how it is. And there's good people nowadays. There's bad people. There might be someone who knows. I don't know. Did you guys do any of your, uh, like, check about your genes or your ancestry or anything uh, like that? I want to do that. I yeah, wanna get I've been meaning to. I like, just haven't got to it yet. What if you find out you got someone in your family who's, like, some kind of serial killer, murderer, crazy person? Like, I mean, ultimately, like, that's going to be crazy. And be like, wow, but I don't think I can feel the guilt of that person. Like, I don't know that person. You know? No. Right. No, I, I don't think... Uh, I don't think that that person, uh, they they probably wouldn't have that much effect on your life. You know, I mean, living now, right? You know what I mean? Like they, it, that would be like some sort of memory that was kind of like, uh, you know, detached by generations of people in between. You know, you know what I mean? Like, th- of course, that person would still be there. That person right. would definitely still be in your genetics, but. I mean, who knows what anybody's, you know, people... That can be setbacks for a whole family. Like, look at the, like, I I mean, I don't like to bring up things, but the whole Parkland shooter and his brother. Like, his brother, like, all kinds of stuff happened to him, and he, like, had to move. And I'm not, I don't know the mental stability of him or anything. Like, just by association. Yeah, his brother, the crew's brother. He was on uh, SSRs and everything. Okay, and and he he ended up, like... He had a a rough... I think his parents were were killed he ended up living with a, a family that um that he was friends with i guess and, and you're talking and about the shooter all... himself yeah the yeah, shooter no himself. i was talking about his brother like the rep like what his brother's dealing with being related to oh him, like, all the backlash that he's yeah, getting so yeah. i'm saying like our families i mean you know you guys were fan you guys have families you got a wife and kids you want to propel your family up. You want to be successful, leave something to your kids so they have it a little easier growing up and, you know, can build something. But something as simple as being related to someone who does something horrific while you have no part in it can completely take your increase and rise in the world and shoot you down, especially in nowadays with, you know, the the PR, the Internet, everything yeah. that goes out there. And I think I think that's a scary thing. I think there's definitely a sensationalization of certain uh, things, uh, you know, definitely, you know, what people will call, you know, in social justice. Um, there, There is definitely, there's, all right, it, it's like anything, okay? It's like well, hip-hop music, you know what I mean? Like, the, hip-hop is what it was. It was from the people and then a corporate element came in and then the corporate element kind of became known more so than the cultural movement. So I think that that's what happens a lot of times, you know, there's, there's something that is happening from, uh, you know, like a, uh, people having a visceral reaction to something, uh, feeling wronged or feeling like, um, a, a situation is continuing. And then what happens is, is over time, as it gains, traction and and importance some element comes in the commercial element that is like okay this is not just a movement to watch like to see how to to see if things can get better but now watch it for its entertainment purposes Mm -hmm. 
once that works its way into it and it becomes like this news thing, uh, something that the news can take hold of and run a bunch of stories about and things. Yeah, I think that that makes the entirety of the social just social justice movements. I don't know that was weird for me to say, <laughs> but it takes the you know in some people's minds. I know they're like, oh man, well look, that really these is you know these people probably just want money and stuff like that. But we can't let that distract us from the fact that at its core there is still um, the issue. There's yeah. still the issue, and the issue has to continue um, its course until the people no longer feel, I guess, marginalized in whatever way that you might. There's a lot of ways to feel marginalized in the world, and I do know that, yeah, it does seem like sometimes people are like addicted to like the way in which they're being done wrong. Like That's true. I mean, I, I see that, but that's an extreme. And I think when you come back to more of a medium, you start to say, okay, there are those people who are here to get famous. And then there are people here who are meaning to um, progress things. Mm -hmm. And those are the people who, you know, I wish it was known for, but we live in like this media circus and like (laughs) people, somebody can be out front of some sort of movement and they're really just like some like, clown in the movement who people know you know like, yeah, but the clown makes the news and that makes people watch and for for what i don't understand mm-hmm. why you know the, the the people that are in the background that are doing the things to to make a difference those are the people that are never on the news yeah and that's right. that's a problem that that sums up a lot of problems that's just the, this is the reality of it they're gonna put the person who is best for somebody's ratings out front so that they mm-hmm. can become more marketable that meanwhile the person who really did the grinding and the person who really cares and who's yeah. really trying to make the world a better place that person gets pushed to the side because uh it's they're not, not as big of a story. It's not <laughs> sensational. Well, not, not only that, I mean, look at look at the books and you know mysteries and murder novels and crime novels. Like that's all over TV. Like that's a big thing now. People really enjoy watching that stuff. And I mean, I, I like a good mystery. Yeah. Things like that. And on the news, it's the same way. I mean, what are you more likely to pay attention to? The story about the lady rescuing all the stray cats out in the world. Like you know, who's got thirty cats and feeding them and housing them. Uh, is that going to be more interesting than the crazy shit that happened next door? I mean, but that goes to society. It does. That kind of goes to like a little bit of our downfall. You know, it's like social media and like, we got to all want to get those clicks of, it's not, it's like that. I don't know. Do you guys see that thing where the people are walking beside the car and they're doing some weird thing where they're dancing or something? No. Oh, like. Uh, apparently like it's a big thing oh oh uh, the, oh no, you talking the about the drake song. yeah yeah, I, don't yeah. Even, I didn't even watch him i just yeah, saw like you, about every drake time thing. like somebody put i'm like what is like this is where I we're even know. I at thought the in drake the world thing. like that's popular yes that's like, a popular concept like, because that's but that's the thing that rubbish to me it does <laughs> but at the same time you got to remember that there's a time and a place for everything. Like when we were younger, these issues didn't matter to us as much. Right. So in our older age, we're like, what's wrong with you kids? What's wrong? Why don't you just like pay attention that the things are going wrong? <laughs> and then they're like, yo, you need to shut up. Cause 
I'm trying to chill and be high right now, and you're like trying to bring me down. <laughs> yeah, quit ruining my body. It's quit, just quit. And I used to be that person, so it's like, I mean, I was never really like that, but I was like, I, there was still a time where I just didn't care as much. I didn't yeah. care about the state of the world as much. I think when you have children, that definitely changes. You're like, yo, you got to grow up in this, like. <laughs> like, I think I think the recent like just this last presidential for some reason I feel like I was never really paid that much attention to politics before the last couple of years and it was not it was um it's got you irresponsible human being that's right pretty much <laughs> and uh <laughs> and before you didn't pay attention to politics as much but it seems like all of a sudden now everybody pays attention to politics like that's there's not, not true. but no? do they? No, because that that's that's one of the things I was finding too, and that's where like you, about your irresponsible uh, voting or irresponsible citizen thing. I think if you're not going to be someone who's going to delve into the actual the actual idea and really get into it, I don't think you should be voting because you're just voting for the the spark notes of what you know yeah. is really going on, and that's a dangerous thing. I mean, I think that that's the, the truth. The, have you like? I mean, maybe you see some things on the news or not, but I started following some of that stuff. Like some of these bills that they come out with, they they called them the omnibus bills. Oh, that's they horrible. were like horrible. thousands of pages of nonsensical crap that no one wants to read. Like the regular people don't want to go, and they're not sitting down and reading that. Like, you know, you start a new job, you go to orientation, you go to certain things, you get pamphlets and books. Now imagine one with like thousands of pages. Like it's our job, our our life. Like we're well, it's uh, Obamacare. They told them that they couldn't read it until it was the bill was signed. How crazy is that? I know. You can't read the thousands of pages that we wrote until you sign it. Mm-hmm. So how does that, like, that's the that's the mentality of the politicians. See, y'all are better than me because y'all are trying to, you, 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 you'll actually read this stuff. I'm at this point where I'm trying to, like, attach to it a little bit more so I can have a better understanding of what's going on, even though at the core... I'm like, these people, there's, there's some criminals out here. Like, I can't see past that. I'm just, and I guess I really need to in order to be more informed about the world. But at the same time, it's just like, my eyes still see what's going on here. You know what I mean? I have, yeah. I think that, and I think that that has a lot to do with, you know, uh, individual perspective, you know, going through particular things and seeing the world through a particular lens you get a particular uh mentality and uh like a, a outlook on uh the world but I just, um i just want to understand people more like i don't I that's don't, really the truth i, I yeah. don't i don't get the mentality like they have a fund the politicians have a fund that comes from our tax dollars so we go to work every day we pay our taxes right and they have a fund to pay for uh, from our tax money that pays for the uh, their sexual uh, abuse misconduct, cases misconduct. Yeah. They actually have a fund with millions and millions, millions of dollars, dollars in there. Wait, hold and, up. And Wait, we, say this again. Say they this have again. a fund. Okay, slush fund. a slush fund that is an account with millions of dollars in it that they have to collect money for because from who. From, from us, us from what? Tax money taxes. Comes out of so our when you get money. your paycheck every week and you see the federal income tax, I don't want to piss you off anymore than you are giving It's not pissing me off. You gave me a headache. It's like yeah, but we care. I'm we paying care. for Anthony Weiner and them, but yeah. we want to care about. Know. 
a guy much. kneeling. That was the greatest. A guy kneeling on a football field. We don't care. For some reason, we don't care that this is going on. And they're they're taking money from us to pay for their, their just being and, miscreants. And then the people who are mad at the people kneeling don't even understand why they're kneeling. That's right. the part that messes me up. I'm like, wait a second. If you're going to be mad about something, you should probably understand, understand why you're mad. But see, and that's where, like, see, I'm, I'm kind of in between there. Because I, I understand where he's coming from, what he's saying, why he's kneeling. But I think after, like, to me, after he already got the spotlight, like, uh, dude, the NFL, like, that's one of the biggest places you could get your message out. He got it out. He faced some backlash. Like, how many other people do and say stupid things? They face backlash. They have to come back, say what they do, and then get out of the spotlight or do something like that. Like, he didn't want to. Well, that's fine. But then once it was there, like, I think he could have stayed. To me, if he if his performance would have done well, I think he could have stayed in the NFL. Yeah, I think he could have done his his speech, his protest, wherever he wanted. Besides that, like I I didn't turn football on to watch him protest. I like, think there was some people that let him down though, because his agent agent was dumb. His his agent was dumb, and I don't know if there was some kind of I'm I'm conspiracy for sure. There's <laughs> some kind of collusion there between his agent and the NFL because he told Cap that he opted out. So Kaepernick opted out of his contract, which the next year he would have made, I think it was like $15 million. Mm. And it was like, hey, listen, you know, we'll go get you an extension somewhere else. That was stupid. Yeah. He should have just opted in and then, and then stayed and he would have got paid, you know, and he could have kept. I mean, for me, I got a lot of respect for him just because, you know, he knew he could still play. And he was willing to sacrifice that. He he got he could have had tryouts this year. Seattle was said, "Nah, it's okay. You're still gonna kneel. We don't want you know. It's it's cool. We don't don't worry about trying out." I we talk about just playing flag football. Right. This dude was getting paid to play football, and he stuck to his guns. But I mean, like he got he got the attention he needed. I, I so like you said about people not understanding the message still. Well, then to me, if you're gonna come out and do something like that, that's gonna ruffle so many feathers. And I think he should be taking the time instead of continuing to kneel to get up and stand and speak more about his message and try and get through to these people who don't understand. To me that that's what should have been done. And I'm not I'm not a Colin Kaepernick hater. I believe for me in standing the American flag flag, but I, yeah. I believe in uh free speech and, and I believe that's part of it. I just you know, at the same time, like I, I can't go into my job and all of a sudden expect to be able to impose my political views or my views on certain things without repercussions of getting fired. Like, there's certain people in the NFL who are getting fined and certain things for wearing the breast cancer awareness socks. Yeah. You know, and things like that. So, I just, I mean, like, I, I could see both sides. But when we're equating the NFL to, mm -hmm. like, a job we have. Right. It's, it's, that's a hard, that's, to me, it's a stretch just because that, that's a diff, it's a different animal. You know what I mean? You have these owners, mm -hmm. you know, in, in 2009, the owners took, like, 15 million dollars mm -hmm. you know they didn't even go out for the national anthem before 2009 they right. got paid from the military to go out for the national anthem so now you, you know it was okay that the owners got paid nobody talked about it right so the nfl owners you know they build all these new stadiums and and uh, in baltimore 72 percent of the stadium the, the um was paid by the local taxpayers well that's what i was gonna say like do you know and i think i'm pretty sure they have I mean, like tax exemptions in yeah, general sure. like yep. like federal tax exemptions so so they're part of 
government and they're getting money mm-hmm. from the government they're getting money from the people mm-hmm. but then you can't it's hard for them now say oh by the way just stand up and do what you're told i mean it is and it isn't like that's that's one of those things like an at-will employer like i know that i can't go into to my job and their job and like they're see that's the thing too like a regular person's job, like we're not in the public eye. So, that's what like, I'm saying. It's... Have that interaction with a certain amount of people. So, I think that's like with perceptions in a fan base. I mean, Michael Jordan was famously like when they tried to get him to talk about his political views, he said, you know, like I'm not going to get into it because I'm not going to alienate half of my half of my potential buyers. But he also said when when Mahmoud Abdul-Rauf was in the league, and, which is really, I think. You know, of such a really interesting case. Like, if you if you think Kaepernick, if that was crazy that he did that, then the fact that Mahmoud did that in the nineties mm-hmm. and kneeled, not really for in protest, but in the fact that you know his whole thing was that as a Muslim, he couldn't stand for the flag in his mind because he said yes. The flag stands for a lot of great things, but it also stands for certain, uh, you know, destruct- destructive forces around the planet. So, him in his mind, he couldn't he couldn't stand for those. Things. With Michael Jordan, you know, he he always did. You're right. He tried to play um, a very a very neutral situation because his object was money Mm -hmm. and he became you know he became you know very successful in that way um but there's always the other type of person who says okay yes i'm here to make money but i also am here to better the lives of whoever i can Mm -hmm. with this position now you know wilt chamberlain one of my you know i think greatest basketball player ever lived at the same time he was very uh quiet about um any kind of social activism or things like that and uh you know somebody like bill russell his rival wasn't you know he he stood with muhammad ali you know people like him and jim brown and things like that so yes you're always going to have the person who's you know doesn't want to make a fuss but the person who does make a fuss Usually, the attention gets put on the person and not still the situation. Mm-hmm. People are still talking about Kaepernick, but in people's minds, it's business as usual. Oh, what? Whoever get killed, you know, get killed by the police, it's business as usual. Mm-hmm. The the whole point of this is not really even just the black thing. It's not just the the fa- black people are just saying it more frequently. But the truth of the matter is, is that law enforcement has to figure out a way to be more effective and not kill people. Well, see, and that that's another thing. Like, that's where I come from, too, because I believe in less government and that that that's like I believe in less of these crazy laws that they impose too. like ultimately, like, I mean, I, I I get that we were supposed to have like even something simple, like a speed limit for safety reasons, but like someone's going fast they don't hurt anybody but you oh you caught them you met your quota so now they the lose fact their that license. there is quotas is a problem yes that's such a disgusting it's, situation it's a and it's that's why i said greed. the people the police were never meant to start fine you know 
installing quotas right. to start finding people. Supposed to serve and protect. That's, right. That's the idea. We somehow ended up being backwards. Like we're at the point now where everything's backwards in my mind. The, the politicians, we basically work to pay for their slush fund mm-hmm. for when they sexually assault somebody. They don't lose their job. They get pensions. They get paid for free rest healthcare. of their life, free health care. They're not part of Obamacare. Mm-hmm. All these things. But some somehow this has turned into like we peaked. Every The politicians used to work for the people. Well, hopefully they did at some point. The police used to. The idea of the police was what it was was originally. That's what they were there for. But now we're like on a downhill plane where everything's backwards in my mind. Like I hear somebody this government says something. I whatever they say, I'm the exact opposite. Yeah. Do they say something? I don't care. You, you they tell me to go. You know something happened in the middle of Africa. Go over to Lancaster to get safety. I'm staying in Africa. Right. Because I don't trust anything. You know. My question is, my the, and like you I say, I know, yeah, because I think we, you know, we all, all, you know, all three of us have a, a similar disposition in thinking that things aren't really run satisfactorily. You know, what I mean? like we look, we're, we're, we're dissatisfied with um, the way that it's run. But my question is, how long has it been backward? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like how yeah. long? Like it. Some people will be like, well, you know, a conspiracy theorist, you know, like, oh, well, after JFK, you know, things just went. But then you, you, you have to realize this is really a, a question of culture. This is, you know what I mean? The culture facilitates um, the government. You know what I mean? Like a certain, you can get, you can have a, a culture spawn different governments. You know what I mean? Like you can have like the Western uh philosophy of life or something like like that's a particular culture and it creates different forms of government so really at the core of all this is all right are we create do we are we part of a culture that you know sort of devalues humans and whatever government comes out of that culture seems to do that that's what I mean. It's deeper than just what kind of political philosophies are going on here. You can run a whole bunch of political philosophies, but if you're still kind of rotten in that situ- in that situation of like, hey, we don't we don't this is about money or this is about uh, attaining things. If that becomes more important than people, then I don't care what government you run, it's going to be upside down. It's you know. But I feel like that's been going on for a lot longer than people realize. I know. Um, it's deep. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like uh, you think about it, though. People, people in power, people learning to skirt the system. And and that's just like just like, uh, you know, a lot of one of the things that I don't personally agree with, too, on more on the, the, the I guess, Democratic side, you would say, would be the idea of certain types of welfare. And it's not that I don't believe in helping people. Like, if, if, you know, Will knows you pretty well, too. Like, I will try and help anybody. I'll give you the shirt off my back. I'll do anything that I can to help pretty much anyone. But I see the abuse side of it. And I just, I don't understand how to help with that. And I also see that I've seen things where, you know, you, there's just no, 
no way to to curb the abuse of it and that's the same with the power in the government except for limiting it and limiting in my my idea like some kinds of welfare I, and government power i don't allow i don't understand why we allow the government or anybody to demonize social welfare because the amount of the effect of social welfare on anybody uh, that's paying taxes or is, has any kind of income and the, and the amount of people that abuse the social welfare is so insignificant. We pay like, we spend $110 billion a year mm-hmm. on corporate welfare. Mm-hmm. The amount of abuse and uh, criminality that happens there, they're too busy. They want us to, they want us to worry about social welfare. A person that makes $50,000 a year, mm-hmm. when they pay their taxes, at the end of the year, they look at their taxes Six thousand dollars of their money they spent, they pay towards corporate welfare. You know how much it is social welfare? Uh, let me look at my statistic. I have it on my board. My <laughs> my board of numbers. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, oh, yeah, social welfare costs forty two dollars per person. So, in taxes, you pay forty two dollars towards well, social where, welfare. Where do you get the corporate welfare to the social welfare? Is that listed differently on your taxes? No, it goes into subsidiaries. Okay. So you you've looked at the the numbers of what the government is putting into corporate welfare and social welfare yeah. based on that stuff. Yeah. So it's costing you forty two dollars if you make fifty thousand for social welfare. It's and, a pretty significant but, difference. But let me ask you a question because I I never knew of the idea of the difference between it because I didn't delve into that that end of it yet. So like a corporate welfare, you're referring to businesses going bankrupt and being bailed out, those kind of things. Well, that's part of it. There's more than that. You know, like uh, Amazon didn't pay taxes in 2017. Subsidies, those kind of things. Yeah. But see, that's where that's where they look into it and they say, all right, look, we're going to try and stimulate the economy. And that's where, <laughs> yeah, no. But, I, well, I know what you're saying. I'm, 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 not, saying, I'm not saying that no, it's right, but I'm saying that, that that's the way that, that they try and justify it. I understand they that. They go, we're going to stimulate the economy. We're going we're gonna to give this corporation because it has X amount of employees and it has the potential to have this. And I mean, so. I'll keep my $6,000 because I know that's not going to happen. Well, I'm I'm just saying. Yeah, no, they, I know what you're plan. saying. I understand what I you're saying. Must government but in general the they pro- should be taking near as much as they But do. the companies that it's going to, like Nike, gets it. Mm. You know, Boeing gets it. Lockheed Martin gets it. So the go- the government pay has a seven hundred billion dollar freaking military right uh, fund. Mm. So now Lockheed Martin is ones that get that get benefit from that. Well, they mm. also get subsidiaries. So not only do we pay our taxes towards the military fund, we also give them subsidiaries too on top of it. So their pocket, they're making a profit off the government, plus they're getting subsidiaries. I mean, it's right. just so madness. It's yeah. So yeah. like we well, then, demonize that's... social welfare. But like, I, I don't demonize social welfare. No, no, I think welfare. I think in general that like, people do that. We do that in general. Like how well, many memes they, you see somebody that's because, say that's because they disguise the corporate stuff that's and you what don't I'm see saying. it. Whereas right. like, you'll see you'll see that they point, person they that, point that, the figure this way while yeah. all this other stuff's going on. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's what I'm saying. They're demonizing. Right. And they're saying, "Hey, look at that social. Look at that person. That, you went to work today. Like I for the last couple of weeks, I see these memes and it's like, well, you know, the boots." You know, people don't, you know, know about boots because they don't go to work or something because they're too busy sitting on social, sitting on welfare. Like, really? You know, you're literally paying. You can't. It's how many more times? Forty two dollars is six thousand, like hundreds of times more in corporate welfare. They're like stealing from you. And you're worried about some person 
in, that's collecting a, a, a minimum of how much a month? Well, I mean, I don't know. That's the thing. I don't know. I don't know if you're aware of anyone personally, but I, I, I just, I, I know of plenty of people who have taken advantage of the system and I've seen evidence of it. And I just, that's where I'm from. And I mean, I guess like, like that's, that's the way I look at it. And I'm not saying like I, there's people who genuinely need help, but there's people, there's corporations who take advantage of it. There are corporations out there who I'm sure could get help from the government and could do great things with it. But I also, I generally don't believe in the government having that power to begin with. No. I, I don't like, kind of like you're saying, like, I just, I just want less government. Oh yeah. If we I had think, less I government, believe, we'd be paying I'm less I'm not money. saying we should not pay any taxes. What I'm saying is there should be like a flat tax. No, the government should be protecting us against foreign enemies, keeping us safe, being able to be there for, uh, you know, disasters, those kind yeah. of things. And That's beyond that, I mean... <laughs> Didn't they start this whole thing? They didn't want to pay taxes. Who's that? What Isn't mean? this what happened at the Boston Tea Party? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wasn't this about it? You know, well, people... taxation without representation. That's the kind of idea of it. We're like, voting. We're sub- we have this illusion, and I, I I see that now. We're under the illusion that we vote, and we're voting for our beliefs, but we're not being represented. We're being taxed without being represented. And they try and make the illusion like, oh, well, there's these different parties. It's all the same. I mean, come on. It's like I tell him all the time when we have conversations about, like, immigration. Take away the, the – watch the videos online, right? And mm-hmm. you take away the, the picture of the, per, of the president saying it, and you just see the transcript. All of their immigration policies are the exact same. You could not tell any. You couldn't tell me which president it was that said that. Between like Obama, yeah, Obama, Clinton, Bush, they're all the same. Mm-hmm. It's it, they, there's no real difference. They they don't care. They cared that there would be change and there would be major swings. If there was actual, if there's a, a Republican and a Democrat, there would be major th- swings in the way things happened. But right. the, the, there's never a major swing. Right. Well, and that's that's where, see, I, I also look at it this way, too. Like, we talk about our free country, right? Yeah. So we were brought up in America. We learned that, you know, the, it's our preconceived idea and what we're taught is that it's the greatest country because we have all these freedoms. Well, wouldn't it make sense, though, to have people who are coming over learn about why our country's great and why they're coming here because of these freedoms that we have? You're talking about immigration? Yeah. Yeah. And that's where, that's where, like, in, in the eyes, and see, that's where I could see it from all different sides. Like, that's uh, why. The, is, having people, I mean, we're, I mean, I, for, I don't remember, but when we had uh, Alice Island, the, the fact, the disturbing part of immigration is we literally had a pen and paper, and somehow, how many years ago, 200 years ago, or whatever it was, could figure out how to have people immigrate into this country mm-hmm. and we can't somehow we have all this technology and it supposedly advanced so far and we can't come up with a better system right. how many years later and right. we all we did was use a pen and a paper it's it's crazy to me when it comes to immigration i think we just gotta i, I don't know what the answer is but there, you can't let everybody in you can't just have open borders and you don't know who's coming in but we're also talking about imaginary line that you know, there's still kids separated. Like mm-hmm. I just read a thing. They're still separating the kids from the, from the families. What? And anybody's right. I don't care if somebody did do something and they were in this country before and left and came back. What in the right minds of anybody should now they have their kids separated. You right. want to, you know, no, I don't want to separate. The, you know, I know you don't, but I mean, it just in general, that's like, it just, 
blows my mind. Like I can't even imagine like going somewhere and, and trying to leave a place where you're sleeping on a full dirt floor to try and improve your situation. And you cross an imaginary border and they say, listen, your kids got to go this way and you got to go that way. We hope at some point you come back together. Mm. You well, know, <laughs> well, well, the one thing that is kind of similar in our society, uh, just as it is, is um, when people go to jail. You know, people go to jail and you destroy families. You know, that's one of those situations where it really didn't seem that far-fetched to me because I was like, oh, I thought they were doing that anyway. Like, I thought, like, I, I it just seemed like, you know, uh, uh, people who uh, have, seem to have no issue with the way that uh, uh, people are treated in prison and things like I just didn't think that they would be like, oh, yeah, well, we have to keep uh, them with their children, um, you know, but, it, it, you know, it, it's that mentality of um, we can do things to you when you criminalize yourself and treat you in a way that we wouldn't want to be treated ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, I, I, you know, I feel like you know, you can't get so hung up on the fact that these people are often leaving, you know, their circumstance, sometimes fleeing for their life. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes so you can't you can't just be like, this person is solely a criminal. And because of that, we should treat them in a way that uh, we wouldn't want to be treated. Uh you know, I think with immigration, it's, it's, yeah, it's one of those weird things because it's Stop like one. I can't I can't erase the totality of what's going on here. Like we're talking about the Native Americans, they're still waiting for the people who are the illegal immigrants to leave. Yeah. Yeah. So who so in what way does this like where does this where do you start relevant history? Where do you start? Oh, OK. Well, that happened, but that's not really a part of what's going on here. Of course, it's a part of what's going on here. It's it, it's an absolute part. When you have these people still trying to figure out how to get to their sacred places because you try and build pipelines and stuff through it, that is that happening in the present. This is yeah. still not over. This is still something well, it's continuing. Out of, it's out of the news, so it's, it's over. out of the news, so it's, it's out over. of people's mind. No, this is a continuing situation, just like. When I think people have uh, become so short, uh, short memory, uh, short, loss. short, you know, short term memory. You know, we got yeah. such short attention yeah. spans. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. forget that things are happening and continuously going on. Like, uh, even with the the situation, what the people kept kneeling because the stuff kept happening. The there's there's a continuing situation happening, and it and what seems to happen is that some people think, well. Uh, in their minds it's solved oh well that's that you know they're figuring that out that's that, that, that's not really on that's not the news anymore but the reality doesn't leave just because somebody's attention goes somewhere else you, this is, we live in a world where our attention can go a million different places without being even on a phone you know <laughs> that yeah. just makes it worse you know what i mean like your head can already go a million different places so 
when a when when there are people who are engaged in a struggle, those are the people who experience it in real time. So the people on the outside, they may look at it and say, "Well, you know, that's not really as relevant anymore." It's like uh, music. You know, sometimes you, you'll hear somebody come out with a song, <laughs> and then like you won't hear them on the radio anymore. And then people kind of like assume like that they stop making music. They're like, "Well, why did they stop making music?" Then you go on Spotify. They had they got eight albums. Yeah, because they've been doing they've been working all along, but the spotlight hasn't been on them. That's always a pleasant surprise. But I was like, "Oh man, I used to like that dude. Yeah, good song." Then it's like, oh, what? He's got like six yeah, albums. Well, like, album I, I was like, I didn't him. even listen to this. Like, I didn't even know he made music. I didn't know he was alive. But yeah, no, it, it, it's it's similar to that in that things are continuously happening when you're not looking. Mm-hmm. You don't have the ability to see it because you can only spend your attention on certain things. You you only, that's why you pay attention. You only have so much room, and you only, have, yeah. you, you know. I get to a capacity where I just feel like there's just too much. Like, nope. there, there is because, and, and maybe some things are more prevalent nowadays, but there's also more people. And now there's social media mm-hmm. and, you know, everyone's got a TV like growing up. Like, yeah, we had a couple TVs. Like my, my house is crazy. We got TVs in like every room. Like I got a giant TV in my kitchen. Now or be- when you were now, up? now when we yeah. had kids, we didn't, but I mean like my, in my house, my, yeah, we had, my wife doesn't like watching the news. She thinks it's so negative. She doesn't want to hear that. And I mean, I, I get that. And that's where a lot of people are. They don't want to see the news. They don't want to see what's going on outside of their bubble because it's there's some bad shit going on out there. My my wife is always talking about. She's like, I feel like she's like I don't know a lot of these things that are happening in the news. Is I don't really pay the, the attention. She like feels bad for it. I was like, you don't understand. Like, Ignorance you're the you're the life. smart person here. Yeah. <laughs> you're smart. I'm engaging with this madness and the world's acting problems. like something matters because some because Kanye's sandals were too little or yeah. something. You know what I mean? Like, I'm thinking about this. I'm paying it attention. That right. is a that is a really strange thing because you all the it starts the same way. You know what I mean? You wake up in the morning, you know, at some point in time, you're like, oh, let's see what's going on. Let's check back in and see what's yeah, going on in the, world. in the world. Oh, bullshit. Oh, oh, I could have guessed. Straight to the comments. He's trying to figure out, what, oh, what happened? These people were in a tsunami. And now you're thinking about these people who are in a tsunami who are clear across the earth. And it has nothing to do with you. And you probably are finding it hard to find the attention to 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 grow. You know what I mean? Like that's it's it's like you said, man. There's only so much of a capacity that there you is. can that you there can is. hold. And that's my problem. Is I get on projects and then like the noise in the background, which sometimes is kind of nice. Like I was telling you that one day I was so busy that one day that I think two weeks ago when he came over, we did about did on Thursday. Podcast. Yeah. That's when you were uh, mowing was, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I was doing, I was so busy that day. And it's just like, those days are, are nice sometimes. Cause it's just, you're not thinking about anything. Mm-hmm. You just, do you ever wish for the days where like, 
where you almost didn't think about all this stuff and you just kind of like this just you went through your day and you and you just i don't know i thought about other things like i can't like i think about a lot of this stuff like 24 7 like i find sometimes feel like i'm sleeping thinking about this stuff like it, it pops up in your dreams yeah, like it's things just, like, i don't know and that's I, what like, i mean it's so it's such a weird thing yeah. like an idea or an event or something like that can infect your mind and then you can like it kind of like morphs into your reality like you i I think about what it's like for maybe people who get into um something like comic books real you know like like they're really into it or something like that's going to affect your your reality like the the way you think you're being you're being affected by all of these thoughts of all these different people and but we're that, always susceptible to these things. But that that's what's funny too is and I've always thought of this like you you mentioned comic books and you know you think of comic books and video games that kind of thing. But for how many years like it's been like oh TV and screens they're evil but books what are books? They're people's thoughts that are getting put into your head with your own twist on it. So it's like the same thing like and it's funny I, I hope you know, I think Dean wouldn't mind, but like he's even said, and we've had conversations about just reading because like he's he's pretty well read in certain mm-hmm. things, and you know got into psychology. And I'm not as uh, I guess clinically into psychology or have as much you know schooling into the matter, but it it's interesting to me, and I I, I don't know, man, it's it's wild. Yeah, it really is. A, a book is. Uh, <laughs> I heard a dude say one time, he said, a book is like a rectangle. It's a square. It comes to these, you know, it's rigid. And life is not found in books. Books can enrich your life. Absolutely. But sometimes people mistake. Ruin your life. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. It's it's like anything else. You know, it's like a double-edged sword. Like, they do have, like, I've learned invaluable things in books but at the same time i've probably read about way too many things that i actually should have just tried to experience i think the life and the experience is the other part of it you know what i mean and that's 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 what i think experience is is so much more important i don't read books Uh, i don't i i can i don't I can't sit down and, and read a book. I just don't have the patience. I don't <laughs> I have the. I just I can't do it. I, I can when there's <laughs> certain things that I'm interested in at the moment, but that's where like I, my mind is all over the place, and I think I there's really a lot of people time. that. Are like that. Well, it's like, I can sit like, what I was doing with the with the mining stuff. Like mm-hmm. I didn't read books. I didn't read articles. I'll sit down and I'll listen to somebody. I have to for me personally. I learn things by seeing things or doing yeah me too right i'm a visual person hands-on person so i could read 20 books about about crypto mining and be as clueless as i was when i read the first one right you know but like doing it like doing the process of this and watching somebody and just doing each particular step watching somebody or them explaining it and then me going and doing it that's how i learned what age did you realize that was your learning style? Uh, I don't know. I mean, a- a- like after your, I mean, after, an adult because probably? like I, like, I grew up like kind of 
Like, I mean, I knew when I was younger, I started working. Like, I was a repetition person, mm-hmm. kind of hands-on person, like that kind of stuff. But I never, like, when I was little, I always, like, knew I looked at things differently, I mm-hmm. guess. You know, like, when we talk, have a conversation about church, I was like, I was like, this is messed up, <laughs> you yeah. know? And everybody around me is, like, there, and they're like, this is what you do, you go, you know? And I, I had so many questions, but I just never you know never really asked them and i don't even think if i would have asked them i would have got the answers that i needed anyways you oh, know man. so like i was always like i got to a point with church i was just like told my mom i was like i either sleep at church i sleep at home it's your it's your it's your decision you know right. so i slept at home because they went to church because you know it's like they were kind of embarrassed because i just, just didn't pay attention you know right. uh, i used to go out in the hallway in church yeah. <laughs> like i used to like i'd be sitting there like I gotta, I gotta go out in the hallway, and I'd go out in the hallway and I'd read these little tracts. So you know, like they like they'd have like some topic. They'd be like, "Where did the dinosaurs come from?" Well, according to Genesis, <laughs> on <laughs> on whatever day God God made all the beasts. So T Rexes too, like you know. Yeah. And yeah. I'm reading these things. I'm just like. What's like? I got to a point where it's just like, what is going on here? Like, this is like some sort of Twilight Zone situation where they're trying to tell me that reality is completely different than what they're telling me outside of this place. <laughs> well, that's that's I, one of the most uh, misunderstood books, is you know, religious books. I think. I mean, I've never read the Bible. Like I said, it's parts. all. It all gets. <laughs> I've read parts. I've I've read good good a good bit of the Bible. You've given me quite an education on religion and this in the conversations we've had. I've learned a, a, I've learned a whole lot and in very limited time with you than I've ever learned before. And actually, when I think about it, I think realistically, I've I've I don't I haven't read as much of the Bible as I'd like to think I have. Like I've read bits and pieces of it. Some people were like, "Well." You can't judge it because you didn't read the whole thing. They're like, read the whole thing and then tell me what you think. And I'm like, I read the part that they tried to say it was cool to like rape people. So I can pretty much say, <laughs> I can pretty much say that, uh, nah, it's not perfect. The part where you're supposed to sacrifice your son. Yeah, I, I read that you're part. Having, you're hearing things saying that. Like, I just, I, that's, that's tough for me. Like, I, I I respect people who have their religion and have that stuff. I've read parts of the Bible. I've read parts, you know, looked into that in different religions. And I mean, I've told Will before too. Like, I think I think they've read too much into some of the stories. And I think the ultimate idea of the religions is the golden rules: treat others the way you want to be treated. Like, what what is really more than that? Why do you have to make it so complicated? We complicate everything. You're over here mining something on some computer boards and stuff. Like, don't even understand all of it. Yeah, that's doing it. What's crazy is think about the person that like sat down and thought of that. Thought of it, yeah. You know what I mean? Like the per that the mind the that came up with that idea. It was just crazy. I think it's the fact that it was a bunch of people who came together on a certain like mythology like you know what i mean like there's there's a lot of there's there's, you know i always used to say like who wrote the bible but then that becomes this idea of all right 
who are the people who are responsible for these words and stuff and that all of these are shadowy types of things you get different answers from different people of who even wrote the stuff when it was written all this kind of stuff you're like uh, i'm pretty sure that if the creator of the universe made a book people wouldn't have to ask all these questions about it it would he would tell you he'd be like on page 176 i didn't mean to slaughter all the children <laughs> or their livestock i didn't mean to make their home you were gonna make the right free will decision i'm sorry i made your home a desolate desert <laughs> like you know what i mean it's it, it i i understand uh, religion uh to be something that can enrich a person's life i will i can't say that I, i've met a lot of uh, very um, nice, charitable uh, Christian people and things in my life. But at the same time, it's like the uh, whole American concept. When you start to... When you start to treat anything like it is beyond reproach that you can't... You know what I mean? Like, you can't... Now you can't approach this thing because it it it's infallible. Governments work similar to religion in that sense where this is the government don't question it it's doing you know it's good it's doing always doing good you know what i mean it's the same god spiel it's god talking i i am love i am all love until you marry the wrong people and i kill twenty four thousand people or something like you're <laughs> see that, that's where that's where the interpretation and uh i think the understanding of it comes through wrong too because you read those stories and you delve into it and you get down into every little word like i've i've seen and i've looked into some different religious things where they'll pick out like you know the bible's a big book and they'll pick out like one whole little sentence and they will spend a whole church service talking about that one sentence breaking down every word well this is what they mean by this no, really, just treat other people the way you want to be treated. And, Don't be a jerk. And like, plus, that's one man's interpretation of something that somebody on the other side of town might interpret in the complete opposite way. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, that's how denomination happens. You know, people are like, what? I don't agree with that preacher. I'm leaving. Like, And right. then they make their own church. It's like, it's, it's, very, it's a very interesting thing. But the thing that, you know, I always rem- try to remember about anything, about anything that is kind of like put on a pedestal and talked about like it shouldn't ever be questioned is, is that, you know, I one thing and it was funny because I was actually I was I was listening to uh, Gilbert Arenas' podcast earlier. Oh, that's, yeah? ve- that's a very a podcast. That's a very random tidbit <laughs> of my day. But that's I was gonna be pretty interesting. right? It was pretty cool, you know. But I, I watched it because like it was titled like how to how to be uh, unguardable and stuff like that. And I I want to learn even more about like uh, okay how is he looking at people like and he's probably um, got an interesting perspective. Yeah, yeah, he's got a very interesting perspective on it. But his whole thing is basically what I've he said what I my philosophy, but he kind of elaborated on it more. And what he was saying was is like. When you work on your game, 
a lot of people work on the things that they can do. And very rare, you know, uh, unless you're cut from a certain cloth, you're going to be focusing on making the things you do well better. More so than making the things that you aren't so good at at least proficient or, 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 you know, really good. So even when, when we look at society, we have to look at it, I think from, from a similar standpoint, when you know that you can do things good, yes, that's cool. But at the same time, when we have these weaknesses as a society of people, those things have to be worked on even harder in order for them not to become something that cripple us. So uh, I know that that was kind of a weird, <laughs> weird way of getting into that, but it's it, it's very similar. I, I look at it as a, a, um, a something that's a parallel to it. Yes. In the game of life, in order for us to be, uh, you know, the nation I think we want to be, the world that we want to be, we have to work on our weaknesses. We have to we have to see them and say and not be afraid to confront them because all that does is you know uh, it, it makes it, it it puts it off and say oh well you know it's like me like I don't ever use my left hand <laughs> when I play basketball except to dribble sometimes you know mm-hmm. but if I worked on it. It would just, you know, it would make my game better. And, you know, I would be more whole, uh, a more whole player. But that's also, you're you're comfortable with your right hand. You're comfortable doing the things you know how. You're comfortable going out on a court with people that you know can play ball and doing what you know you're good at, as opposed to trying to throw in some things that you know you could work on a little more. And that's where... That's where, like, that's one of the big things. I don't even know who said it. I don't know if it's, like, an exact saying or whatever. But I feel like if you want to grow in any capacity, you have to put yourself in uncomfortable situations. That's the time. truth of it. And, and that's really what all of that is about. It's about putting yourself in an uncomfortable position without... I mean, that, that, that seems to be with successful people, the number one thing that they try to communicate to people is that... You're not going to find your success in your comfort zone. Mm-mm. That's something that I I struggle with really bad. And I still have remnants of it. Like, I still think that I still kind of uh, spend a little bit too much time in what becomes comfortable in life um, due to the circumstances. You know, you can easily become just this, you know, a person who, uh, you know, just goes and does work to get money and then like the rest of their time like you can become a person easily who is not really in investing time in bettering themselves but like, the, see and that's one of the things too like with freedoms i think that's that's okay for some people i mean i think oh yeah think it's fine ways, for like, some people i think growth personal growth is important no matter what but there's some people who would want to be in that cog but you know like they, they want to be the the cog in the wheel they want to just do their thing that's what they're comfortable with but that that's like all they want and and some people honestly like that's a, to each their own but i i also like to try and tell people you know every now and then i even got to remind myself like you got to get out of your comfort zone uh yeah you know it's I, 
I think when it comes to sports, I think some of the most successful, so like coaches, use their tendencies. You know what they're comfortable with against opponents mm-hmm. and take advantage of their tendencies. You know, I think that's that's a big thing. Like you still, I mean, Belichick is an obvious one, but he he'll take advantage of of their tenden of a, a team's tendencies and then use that tendency against them, or he'll eliminate the other team's strength. So when the when you eliminate the other team's strength, the t- team has to now react to you. You right. know, and I think that that's what makes him successful. But I mean, I think a lot of people could learn from that just in general. You know. Comfort isn't a bad thing. I'm not trying. You know what I mean? Like comfort, comfort is a it can be. A, you know, sometimes your body. You know, you need to rest. You know what I mean? Like you need to have. Uh, you need to regenerate and things like that. So there is a time and a place for comfortability, mm-hmm. but at the same time, um, to you can growth. Yeah, you can become extreme in comfortability. You can just be like, okay, I just want to be comfortable all the time. Growth, growth can be from comfortability to sedentary. You know? Growth yeah. can be painful. It you is Gro- growing, growing it, pains. It's gonna, it's, it's, it's gonna be painful. So was, you're gonna be uncomfortable. I always refer to it as, um, you know, just turbulence. You know what yeah. I mean? It's the same situation. It's like when change is happening and there's things and you're occupying spaces that you haven't occupied before. There's other people and other forces and things. There's turbulence. There's turbulence in um, any kind of change. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, um, so when you recognize that for a person who's trying to elevate where they are in life, you start to, uh, you can see turbulence for what it is. When change is happening, things may get chaotic in your life. But if you've done it before, you're kind of not as prepared to freak out and be like oh man my life is falling apart no you're going through the turbulence of change that's an experience yeah that's you're going through that experience and, and also uh, the, the 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 sense of accomplishment when when you actually get through that pain and that growth is so much sweeter oh yeah mm-hmm. you know oh yeah it's 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 like you know working out or anything else like you get uncomfortable so that you can be kind of more comfortable with yourself like yeah. you know, like I, at least i know i didn't cheat myself today or something i had to sweat you know my brains out and you know now my arms hurt and stuff but i put it down so that now i can look at myself in the mirror and be like okay <laughs> you know you, you you did what you were supposed to do today and uh, I need to really get back on that situation because I'm not. Well, see, I, there I was a like time. Personally, I go in waves though because I'll, I'll go and I'll you know I'll try and accomplish things. I'll set like many goals, maybe get off track sometimes, but you know try and do little things at a time. And then I will get to that point where I am comfortable, and then I'm only comfortable for so long before, like I'm like, oh man, I'm I'm not. I haven't gone through any change. I haven't gone through any growth. Like something's got to give. I got. I got to do something different. I have to write things down. Like that's how I hold myself accountable. I make a list. Yes. And when I'm, not I think making, I'm gonna steal. Like I have to. I have to do that more in my life. Because when I don't have a list, I kind of just get everywhere and go. I, I'm doing different things. I'm not thinking about it. Like when mm. I write a list down, it, it, I have a sense of a, accountability for myself. Because I'm looking, I, I keep it right here on my desk, and I'll be like, look over that list every once in a while, and be like, shit, it's one, it's one o'clock in the afternoon, and I wanted to do that at eight, and I didn't get it done. So then I like, 
I get it done, you know, and I, I like, I just, I find I get more things done when I, and it's just a simple thing. It's not a big thing, but just a simple list, you know, and I, or I forget there's something I want to do and I, I forget to do it or whatever, you know. I think you're, you trying to attain some level of financial freedom is also a huge part of the equation definitely for like for where we live you know we you know we live in a place where of course we need money and things but at the same time we also come up against the idea that in order for us to actualize into the people that we want to become it takes more time than we actually have for ourselves so i think you've you took certain steps in that direction to even let that begin to happen like you you know you're you know the just like kind of how you manage your work schedule and things like that and taking a, a risk to even do any of that you know those things are so important to to that process that you know i look at myself and I'm in this situation, you know, where I'm, you know, working, you know, kind of, you know, that 40 hour work week type of thing. And I'm, I'm surrounded by people who believe that it's normal, like who believe not, not, not normal, but that it's, it's what you, it's do. what you do. It's what, it's what a person is supposed to do. Yeah. And it's like, I, I, when I look at those people's direction, and I'm not trying to knock them or nothing, but I don't want their like I don't want their lives. I don't want I I want to model my life after somebody who has the uh, faith in himself to 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 try to start forming his life into what he wants it to be. Mm-hmm. You know? That takes time though. That takes like uh, dedication. It just kind of like it does. Yeah. You get to a point where you're just like okay. Like you start learning more about yourself too, you know what I mean? Which takes That's time, true, yeah. you know, and you, you learn what you're good at and you learn what, you know, your downfall is. And, and, uh, you know, I've just learned over years in certain work situations, I, I, I thrive in certain situations and I don't thrive in others. And I don't not great with bosses telling me what to do. And I, I'm not, I'm I'm so yeah. Like I've gotten to that work. point where it just like I've gotten to that point where it's just so so much of a reality that like a boss to me, man, we just got we got to find you something. We got to find you a lane. Like you got to find that lane where you see something and you realize. I can make that work for myself and make myself enough money that, you know, it'll, it'll help me I contribute enough to my family where it pays enough for the bills and everything, but it also helps me do these other things. Yeah. And I don't know what that lane is, but we got to find that lane for you. Yeah. I think that that's just kind of, uh, like you said, I think that that's one of those, uh, you know, as you discover yourself more, you start to yeah. see where you fit in more and, uh, you know, I think uh, I spent a lot of time in my life uh, believing that I wasn't actually worthy of some of those, uh, some of the, you get hints, you know what I mean? You get hints of these things, yeah. but you don't, 
you know, if, uh, I mean, if you have any kind of like uh, self-esteem issues at times, yeah. you know, you you don't you can get to a point where you don't believe you're worthy for that to happen to you, and uh, you know, kind of fighting out of that has been uh, an experience in itself. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's 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 good to see that you know you're. You're a good role model in that sense, you know. He doesn't want to be no role model. No. He's also <laughs> Charles Barkley. No, I ain't yeah, no role no, model. No, no, no. But at the same time, we're all, you know what I mean? Like I look at my my children and, you know, I can't help but be their role model cuz they are uh in my life and they're they're watching me. They're 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 seeing me progress through life and you know, it's that's just the way that it is. We, we, when a person does something good or something that can inspire you to do something cool, you that 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 person does become a role model. So I, I think I've had a lot of role models in life. Role models are good. You know, you just you gotta. I, I love Charles Barkley. Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, remember when he threw that guy through the, the window? Mm-hmm the bar <laughs> yeah you can't do that now no no he couldn't do that now oh man imagine if all those guys in the 90s and stuff grew up in like the social media element oh like, man oh man michael jordan Ooh. would probably be like he wouldn't even be on <laughs> he'd teams. be famous for a whole different yeah realistically yeah they wouldn't even be on teams yeah like it's just uh i don't even know what to think of it's really sort of scary. Like, it's scary to me in a lot of ways. The ways that, like, it seems like society is trying to root out problematic people. And the truth of the matter is, is that that ain't nothing but some game that people play. Because everybody can be problematic at some point in time. People got to pay yeah. more attention to what they're on, what they're doing. They worry about themselves. They're so worried about, oh, did Louis C.K. get back on stage? <laughs> It's too soon. It's like there's a website for this neighborhood we live in, and like my wife will go on it. I'm like, why do you do? Wait, that? wait, wait. It's there's a, what? a website. Like people Us, in the neighborhood oh. can go on there, and all it is is the, uh, a you have website. like a sign in. Like, I guess, and I've never been on. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't go on it. I don't want to know nothing mm-hmm. about it. But she'll go on. Yesterday, you sign it, and it's a yellow dot. All it is is people that have no jobs or no time or no not not time, but they have nothing to do, and they just complain about everything that goes on in the neighborhood. They need a stop sign on Uh, that corner. Yesterday was some kid has a loud exhaust, and he was driving through the neighborhood at nine eight nine p.m. and that was unacceptable, and then he left at five a.m. to go to work, so that was unacceptable. Uh, then the other day was there was dog poop. I'm like, you guys got you got to find something to do. Like, yeah, like if this is your concern, I feel in sad life, for you. I really like, yeah. I mean, I, I I don't understand people. Are they? Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Are they they're older people, right? Probably. There's a lot of older and people, and that's 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 one of the yeah. things. Like that that's my that's one of my big fears, man. Like. No, they mm. gotta do more than than have pride in their lawn. Yeah, like know, you guys, like, you gotta you gotta find something. Like don't, I hope, like you said, that. I, uh, that. no, because I hate I mow enough lawn as it is. I ain't gonna be the guy with the the perfectly lined lawn. No, I ain't me. I'm gonna be. I'm hoping that at some point I'm in some 
nice ocean beach place, mm-hmm. enjoying life, like just having the mining pay my bills, and I'm done. I'm like, I'm thinking that might be a year from now. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we can go on a certain you way. Know. You ever but, work? You ever work somewhere where the people were playing like the lawn game, where they were like secretly competing? Like, <laughs> like they were secretly <laughs> competing about their lawn. Like, the nice like, lawn. oh man, I, I just added a fountain. It's just like, I got <laughs> same stuff. Like, I got a buddy that has a riding lawnmower that he bought. It he wants it to be so pristine. He bought a push mower so he doesn't use the riding lawnmower. I mean, that's like, and his lawn, like, it's almost like he's out there, like, drawing lines in the grass before he mows. I mean, he's all about the lawn. He's about that He lawn. loves mowing the lawn. I'm like, dude, I, I don't. I just think the world is, like, it's so much of a, it's, it's so full of things that I think that people are just intimidated by. It's hard for a person to really start moving towards the things that they would actually like out of life. Definitely when you get to a particular age, you're just like, okay, um, this is what I'm going to be forever, and I don't even want to put any energy into becoming what I actually think I am. I hope That's 60 rough. years old is more than... I hope I'm still playing basketball. Yeah. I hope I'm not just mowing lawn. I can't... That sounds depressing. To me. <laughs> you know that's what I mean? Like, <laughs> it just sounds depressing. Every once in a while, I, th- I think... I think realistically, people just need to, like, in this world, like, you just got to be grateful more. Like, you got to be grateful for the things you have and the where where you are from where you've come. Because, I mean, no matter what, you're still here. There's a lot of people didn't make it this far, you know. And, you know, be grateful for the things that you, that you have and you can... Then, you know, it makes everything easier because because then you don't have to think about the things you don't have. And that's really the culture now. The culture is we're going to display the lifestyles of people who are extremely rich. And then you're going to be trying to, like, live up to this person's standards because, you know, like somebody who's like a like obsessed with Kardashians or something like that. Like they're going to try to like chase this person's lifestyle. When in reality is, you know, chase you, chase you. That's, you know, (laughs) don't chase somebody else on the news or something. You you probably never meet that person. That's not reality. Hopefully one day, (laughs) hopefully you can meet yourself one day. That's, that's 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 always well, a great part day. It's part of that messiah complex we talk about too. Is like always looking for that person to fix everything. Stop worrying about the person and looking for the person to fix. He's got to be the person, man. Take it on yourself. You know that's why that's why I really was. You know when you start that nonprofit, man. Like you know that's that's the kind of that's that's real stuff right there. Like. You didn't wait for somebody to say, hey, here's a way that this community can be helped. You you took the initiative and you said, all right, I'm going to try to make a change. I'm not going to wait for somebody. I'm going to make a change. And I, I can see in my life where I needed to be much more like that, you know, I, where, you know, I've there's been times in my life where I've waited for people to do things. Because I thought that they would do it because um, I thought I meant 
a, something to them. Yeah. But y- you can get wrapped up easily in waiting for somebody to care uh, about something that they never do. So it's like uh, I had to learn to be more of the man I was looking for. Yeah. And that's that's still uh, too busy. Look- that's still a work in progress. <laughs> it's hard to. It's sometimes overwhelming. Like I like you said, you like going waves, right? Mm-hmm. And like sometimes when I'm in that low part of the wave, it feels too overwhelming. Like it's just too hard, and yeah. you got to like figure out how to make that even that wave out. You know what I mean? Like just kind of like just keep going. And I, I always say, I always tell my wife like i'm just really good at muddling along i don't i'm not i don't have a hot lot of highs and lows i just kind of keep going and just, <laughs> you know yeah i i just stay I steady persistent like, yeah if anything like i'm you know and that's how i try and play basketball i just try and be annoying and persistent and like always hustling you know we can all when we talk about basketball, we people that have more talent than others. But one thing that we can all do is, is hustle, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There ain't no excuse for not hustling. There's yeah. excuses, you know. You're just born. Some people are just born with talent, God given talent, whatever you want to call it. Whatever and it is. yeah, exactly, whatever it is, DNA talent, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they're just good at basketball. But you know, there's always that like little extra, and I've. I find trying, that's what I try and do is just do that little extra, run a little harder, dive for a ball. Yeah, that's right. I'm 40 years old. I'm diving on the floor for a basketball. I don't care, but I'm going to do it. That's the only way I know how to, to keep going. That's how you get the, that's how you get the most out of it. You know, you, you know, definitely when you're playing and you, you know, you don't want to, I know it used to work on me like psychologically, like when I would know, like, I could have did something more. Yeah. Even yeah. for something as minuscule as like a game of pickup, you know, those yeah. things used to stick in my mind. But I was like, oh, I took that play off because I was thinking right. ahead. Yeah. But right. That play right there that I took off is what cost that us the game. Cost like, it, I know and, I could have you know, done a little that more. Eats me, that play will eat me up. Like, yeah. the one I felt like I didn't hustle as hard as I could. Yeah. That's the one that burns me when Usually I Usually with me, it's like shots that I don't like try to block. Like yeah, I'll just like I'll be like I've watched him put that ball right there, and I just could have just threw it against the backboard. Like yeah, like what was I doing? Yeah, like like, why wasn't I motivated enough to to be to at least try? Right, that's 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 really all it takes. It just takes uh, effort. See, I, I think we also get caught up in that too. Like, and it's funny because we, you know, I know you guys talk about you know basketball a lot, and I think with with basketball, it all it all relates to that. Um, where, you know, you, you persevere, you keep going and, and that's how, you know, that's how you, you get through, uh, the, the struggles. I mean, when, when you're out there trying your best at the same time, you want to, you want to stay in for the whole game. Like, I think, I think that's one of the things in the problems we have too. Like growing up, like I always wanted to stay in and play as much of the game as I could. Right. Yeah. So I would take some of those plays off. Whereas I should have just gone all out and maybe I'd be tired and go out a couple for a couple minutes, but I didn't do that. I wanted to stay in more. I don't know. I played basketball. I never played like on the team in high school and stuff. I was never very good. I played football and I've, I, for whatever reason, I just never stopped. I don't know. That's just how I was. I was just never stopped. So, you know, I, like, I just tell my wife this week, you see the effort of 
I don't know if you guys paid attention, but after the one uh, football game last week, they they ended their fifty two uh, game losing streak. Wow. I saw something. Tr- I, is there something like we did it? Yeah. And I was like, think, I said, think about this. Think about think about those kids that have lost over the years. They show up. It doesn't. The kids that are there now that won. It, it it's awesome they ended that, but imagine being the kid that you know you're showing up every week. And when we say 52 game losing streak, these kids aren't losing by like a touchdown. No, they're they losing by like down. 30, 40 points. They're a lot destroyed. of times the other teams had 60. I mean, I recently in the last couple of years because I have w- watched the football games because my daughter's a cheerleader, but like the, they've been down at halftime by like 40 points. That's yeah, like not even a chance. But imagine the character of those kids. That came and practiced every day, all summer in the hot. I mean, it takes more character. And we talk about this too. More character for those kids that that would lose and still show up. That like to me that was amazing. Like those kids are amazing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, you know I mean, like, and then the kids that ended it, I'm like very happy for them. I'm happy for the seniors that have been gone through all the years of losing. Right. You know, and now they actually won a game. And then I guess they lost tonight by a touchdown. But like that's that's a small victory in itself. The fact that they only lost by a touchdown. Yeah, from you getting know? beat down by forty at halftime. Yeah, like I watched. I watched one year. One year, man. Then one kid. One kid scored like four more touchdowns than the whole effort of team scored by himself. <laughs> I believe that. You like it looked like the like the team that we had on the field looked like the junior high team compared to the varsity team the other teams had. Right. Like size wise. Right. Like. This is incredible. I don't know how that happens. I, I, I mean, I somewhat had some, like some viewing of the kids that had been there for like the last couple years. You know, yeah, I, and you know, at least. So wait, so if you got a fifty-two game losing streak, how long did uh, that? How many? How many seasons is that? That's, I'd say that's about five to six seasons. That's like five, five four six, or five seasons, maybe something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. There's probably ten games in a season. I'm gonna guess. So yeah, I mean, the reality that of it is, sense. is like, I mean, I at some point in time it was weird because I was like, it's like, man, like they don't like they like like you said, like they just didn't look as big as no anybody. Yeah. They just look like a bunch of kids that they threw out there. It was just like they're gonna get beat down. Imagine every like, night knowing that, they like demoralizing that would be, just to be like, you know, you're gonna get your butt whooped. But you, I mean, like the show up. Like I played football, and I the teams I was on as we grew up were always good. Mm-hmm. Like we lost maybe once every two years. Like I can't even fathom like showing up at practice like two days when we had two days and be like, I know when the season starts, we're gonna get our ass kicked. But I'm still out here, like, at practice when it's 100 degrees and I'm practicing eight hours in a day. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and that's – and football is is a lot harder now. I guess they practice a lot more and it's a lot more expected of them. But I don't know. I just – like, I thought that was pretty cool. And I thought I thought about the kids that lost all those times and, like, how much – how much, how much gumption it took just to show up at practice when you know you're going to get your butt whooped. Yeah, it's, it takes a lot. I, I see where you're coming from that, and I agree with you. But then I also see, like, I've been a part of some of the losing teams and some things like that where I see kids who have raw talent. Yeah, well, yeah. 
and they waste it and they go to these they might go to these practices but they're not giving it their all and that that's that's one of the things where i see and i have an issue with and i'm not saying that i don't know the case of right the, right the right team, and i'm not saying that by any means at all so i hope nobody gets offended by that <laughs> um but I, I just I see both sides, and that's where I I play I play the devil's advocate with a lot of this stuff, and I, I have trouble seeing from exactly one way. Like I totally agree with you with that, but then I also look and I think about my personal experiences and seeing people skate through, and not try and being that person who is giving my all, where I'm wringing my shirt out after a practice, like <laughs> literally wringing my shirt out from yeah. sweating. And there's people who are just joking around, skating through, like, this means nothing to them. And yeah. that's that's rough. But that sucks for them. Because you does. know what? Five years from, you know, from high school, they're going to look back and they're going to be like, man. Yeah, they're going to be looking for that person to carry them yeah, through. I blew Whereas, it. like, I'm like, oh, well. I could have done I'm so much more. I'm not carrying <laughs> I could have done so much more, you know? And they're going to have a lot of regret. Yeah. yeah. You know? Like, I try. That's the other thing. Where I hate regret. Like I played college football just so I wouldn't regret it, yeah. you know, because my I was I was uh, played for third division three was like you just showed up and if you could put a uniform on they took you, you know. Mm-hmm. But right. it's like I'm don't want to go to school here and I could have played and I didn't choose to play, you know. Right. Like I was like I want to look back and think, well, I, hey, I at least tried and I played for a while, but I had we had. Me and my wife, we had our own apartment. We had kids already. Like, there's just not enough time in the world to be able to play college football, go to college, actually have get good grades, and provide for you, and be able to work, and be able to be at home, and like actually see my kids and wife. Right. Well, she was my girlfriend then, but you know, this just this just wasn't feasible. So, I mean, I played a couple. I think I lasted to like third, fourth game, and then I quit. Just wasn't enough. That's not enough time in the day. Maybe you try. Yeah, so. And then you had to, the hardest part about being an adult is having to prioritize. Well, I'm not saying I was trying to be an adult. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, but I mean, you You, were, man. You you can be an adult without trying sometimes. Like you can, like, you'd be like, man, I guess I'm kind of grown or something. Like, my adulthood happened late. Like, it's only started, like, I'd say 10 years ago. Listen, some days I'll be like, man, I was looking at myself in the mirror like, you ain't no, (laughs) you need to do some adult school or something. (laughs) Like you. I think there's a lot of people nowadays who need adult school. Uh, I love that phrase. Like, what is wrong with these kids? I'm like, what is wrong with these people that are raising these kids? You know what I mean? Like, what is wrong with those people? Because. What, these kids didn't grow up, didn't weren't born with like these kind of thoughts in their head, you know. It's crazy adults that that, that do what what's happening to the world. It's crazy adults. It ain't these kids. The kids are just copying what they see. Yes, they grow up with a bunch of crazy people. That's really the point. The kids are getting raised by crazy people. We're all crazy <laughs> because we live in crazy circumstances. And it's not natural and it's completely weird and we just act like it's not weird all the time and we're like oh yeah it makes sense that i see the people at work more so than i see my child and it, it you you just start acting like all this stuff is uh, uh makes sense and then you're like well, what was wrong with the kids well 
they live in a crazy world and their parents have already been crazy and they're probably traumatizing their children with their craziness. <laughs> and then, you know, they'll hand that down to the other generation and so on and so on. And well, and his parents were meant to, you know, uh, provide examples for and teach our children and to, to guide them through and into adulthood, into where they're supposed to be. And, you know, I, I definitely want to say I think parenting is a problem, but I think, you know, it's it's tough being a parent and you can't always get through your kids. Like it's, what, absolutely, it's like absolutely you, hard. You, yeah. you could do the best for one kid and then that other kid, that's not how they're going to respond. Well, every kid is so, different. I mean, every chi- every child is different and it's a matter of what I've found over the years of parenting. And I'm not saying I'm like, you but like, works for you. You have to, you got, you have to adjust. You got way more experience than us. Our kids, mm-hmm. you kids are, our kids are, little you have to adjust to each kid and deal with kids like you can't just say okay all i had four kids all four kids need to be taught treated this way you know what i mean and you gotta like adjust to each kid and you know i i i hope that i did good enough for them so you not only tried to teach your kids but you tried to learn from them oh yeah absolutely that helps you teach them better you ask my one daughter she's she'll tell you she taught me a lot I felt the same way with with parenting, like with my with my parents growing up too. I mean, I feel like I grew up a little a little earlier than I had to, but oh, for sure, I me too. I, uh, I I'm also thankful for it. Like it, it made me who I am today. And I was out of the house by the time I was 17. So I mean, I was out of the house. I had a daughter already. I mean, I started early. So you know, yeah, you guys are like real work. early. I did everything late. Like my my lateness defines my existence. Like I'm a I am what they call a late bloomer. Like I never really understood what that was until I got like a little bit older, and I was like, oh, I get things, but I get them sometimes a little bit later in processes than other people. Just means you bloom a little harder. Yeah, you know, it's building up. I always think it's you know slowness is one of those things that is kind of like pissed on in society it's just like slow well, what do you mean this, that's because of this whole concept yeah. of time that we have to abide by we got time because we time. gotta wake up to go to work to go make the world turn tomorrow you know like i don't make think time up i don't think time is real i think no, people I, think I, I just it's, think that they just like there's like oh we know how to control take them. the clocks away you'll be mm-hmm. here at this time <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look at the people. I always look at, like, the Amish people, you know. They're always, you know, in their horse and buggies. And I'm always thinking, like, man, like, they, who knows where they're going first and foremost. And if they, if you think somebody is going to be like, oh, you didn't get here in time, Martha. Like, <laughs> like no one's going to say, like, you know what I mean? Like, they're, they've literally, from certain stand, I'm not saying that they don't have any concept of time. But I am saying that they're far less controlled by time than the people in this society. Like, they kind of remove themselves from it. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to get on this horse and buggy and it's going to take however long. Like, I know some of them hire people to get cars and stuff. Yeah, my dad drives Amish. Yeah. And, and what, they drive Amish, you know. And, drive uh, Amish. Uh, hey. They get they get where they need to go. Um, Listen, Amish have I want that company. They have a Amish sense of time. Job. They start working when the sun comes up, and they stop working when yeah, the sun goes you down. Know, that's, that's their that's sense of time. That's a more like people have probably been practicing that for so long, yeah. as opposed to 
Hey, yeah, your 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 day is divvied up into these twenty four hours, eight to four, and you're nine to you five. have this amount of time to do this, and then you have a little bit of time where you can maybe do this, but really you're probably just gonna be making sure your family's okay. And <laughs> imagine if we just had no time, like there was no more clocks, yeah. like the madness that would ensue. But it would be, be kind of like, freeing, though. It'd be kind of. I think awesome. it would be very liberating. Well, it'd be awesome. That's like, I mean, it's all it's all socially constructed. But I, I, I also there's one thing I talked to Will about, and I looked into a little bit, like the fact that our our sleep, you know, we we go in our sleep patterns, and we sleep usually the general idea is seven eight hours a night, and mm-hmm. that's it. But that's not like even as we were humans and as we were hunter gatherers and you know out just surviving. We'd go out and do what we had to do, walk, travel for a few miles or however many miles, then stop to rest, yeah. catch something, eat, take a nap, and then go back. Like, we would sleep for a couple hours at a time, and we'd have to be able to be, you know... Yeah, but our one function arise. was eat, yeah, and that's it. So that yeah. was, like, our day. It was <laughs> like shelter, survive. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, trying to make it to the next day. And that, that's where we all get wrapped up in so many things also is, you know, we, we get away from our basic needs. Yeah. Um, uh, we're very, really far away from our basic needs. Mm-hmm. What We have so much distraction in this place that we don't, like, it's hard for us to even come to grips with our essential needs. Like, we... I mean, how many people really take care of themselves the way that they really should as opposed to they know when the video game dropped, like they know, like they know, like they know all these things, but it's like, yeah, but I don't really know what I need to be doing to make sure I'm, I'm operating at a, 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 a optimal place or something. Like we're, we're all like guilty of it because we, we, the loot, like the world, is kind of like some sort of a drug or something. Like you just kind of get addicted to it, and you're like, "Oh, it matters what this, what these celebrities are saying, and it matters something that's happening clear across the earth that really doesn't have anything to do with me." Like you make sure you you just start to make all these things matter that somebody like your ancestors would have thought you were a crazy person they're like what do you mean that you're you're trying to hear cardi b song like you better figure out how to eat and you better you better figure out um you know where you're gonna be like living in the winter like you know i always think that our ancestors would look at us like they'd be like what what is going on here? Like, what? Well, it truly is a matrix if you think about it. Yeah, it's a constructed matrix where you said we get up at a time, we hit, a, we have a, something that buzzes that we have to get it goes off, and we have to get up, go to the same place we've gone to how many times, and you know, it creatures a habit, and this is what we have to do every day in order to survive. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of crazy. A matrix. Like, by definition, it is an artificial womb. So, this is like something has been, like, it's it's almost kind of like we exist in this thing and we're kind of being formed. So, it's like, we're being formed inside of this, this thing, you know, the programming and all that. <laughs> but you're right, you know, we, we do live in this thing. 
we are introduced to our days by an artificial uh, alarm that alerts your body, probably on some subconscious level, you know, from the moment you hear that thing. I don't really have control of my life. Like, you're just like, oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do that thing that I really don't really want to do, but I'm going to do it because I'm a part of this thing and I have to remain... Uh, I have to remain a, uh, a, a, a good working part of this, this, this thing. Nobody, very rarely do you ever come across anybody who's really ready to detach from this thing. You can, you can be ready to do it in your mind, but are you in like your spirit? Like, are you, are you really, are you really going to be like the closest person in all sincerity is Michael Keith. Michael Keith has has struggled in my life more so for his own personal freedom more so than any other person I've ever met. And still, he's still caught up in the web of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's he's gone through painstaking uh, amounts of time to try to detach from it. And really, it's still, you know, in it. Not to the degree that maybe everybody else is, but it's it's a web. It's a, it's a it is a web that is hard for anybody to get out of. But see, I asked that question too, and I, I mean, I only know a little bit about uh, some of my story and from what you've told me. But what about those people who that go off into like the Appalachian Mountains and just go off with nothing and live out there off of nothing? Like, wouldn't you say? They're more liberated and more free than what Mike's trying to accomplish. I would at this time, from like, a particular standpoint, yes, I would she's say that. Up in like the, the government, I think it's just a it. different way of doing it. You My, know, like they're trying to get off the grid and like, and, and they don't even want to, people to be aware of them. Right. Like Mike still wants to be involved in society, but under his under the way he wants to be involved yeah. in society okay. under his control. Yeah, you know I mean, like I think it's just it's kind of the same thing, but in a different way. Right. You can have the freedom to not participate in it. And, yeah, you're right. Uh, There's definitely those people who, you know, just leave everything behind and just go out there. But I always wonder, have they they themselves made contracts with people who... Who, le- who could legitimately come find them and be like, hey, look, you need to get back here and handle this because you're still attached to this. Even though you don't want to be, we can come get you and make you uh, kind of come back to to the reality. Like, I mean, unless your whole family's there, like unless, you know, your family members are all in that, like in a little community, I guess. Right you're still going to have some kind of attachment to the outside world. Oh, yeah. You know, you got kids out there. It's not like you're going to not, I mean, I'm assuming, you know, some people don't talk to their kids, but, you know, most people still have attachments to the outside world. So being off the grid is, you're still, it's like the Amish, right? They say they don't have electricity, but they got phones in their barn. You know what I mean? Like it's still, you know, it's still (laughs) society, part of society there. Almost, I guess, like there's different degrees to it. Yeah. yeah oh, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of people that are like, probably don't have any family or anything that are just kind of like, never hear from them again, you right. know? And that's the way they want it. But there's probably, like you said, there's different degrees to that. And it has to be. 
You know, I couldn't imagine never having like, co- like leaving and not having contact with my kids. Right. You know, well, like I, I, I couldn't even either, like but... fathom that. Like I get like I get bothered. My one daughter moved to California. And it bothers me. You know, my fear is like something happens. What am I gonna do? Yeah, right. you're not able to get there. Did my other daughter lives in like South Maryland, Southern Maryland. There's not a lot I can do. You but, know. But at the same time, like something happens right down the road. There's not a lot you can do all the time. No, I I tell my I keep telling myself I gotta tell my wife that like we need like a meeting place and like. <laughs> you said all kind of contingencies. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, you know, a little bit you of conspiracy a, stuff. You need a you know? zombie no, plan. I I get it. I mean, yeah. I get it. I, you don't want to trust. You don't. Oh no, do trust? I don't trust. The, I don't trust anything. Like I question everything. As like even facts of like we talk about the they. Okay, well, who, where did they come from? Yeah. What facts did they come up with? What makes them in charge of those actually being facts? It's like the two different sides of of, of politics, right? Well, I got my facts from X website. All right. Well, what makes you makes it? A, what makes them the standard that they tell the truth every time? Right. Okay. So now you can argue your political side because you came up with this this these facts off of this website. Well, I can now go to another website and argue because my I got facts from another news source. So who's right? Okay. Yeah. Well, the sources have been around for twenty years. Okay. Well, what's your source? And where did that come from? How do we know he's right? I mean, it's a tangled web of really. It's just all nonsense. Yeah. yeah to me, I mean, no, and a lot of it is. I agree because that's the thing too. Like you're getting fed statistics, and I mean, I don't know, like the like the idea of the scientific process and and theories and and how things work. Um, you know, it it it's not. There's different variables to so many different things that just don't get put into a lot of the statistics that are out there and even a lot of oh, the, yeah. the polls that are taken I mean, yeah. with politics it's all about these polls but yeah. are they really getting a good sampling of every different kind of person every different kind of demographic out there i mean how many people do you know who if someone tries to come and ask them a question about political shit they're gonna be like you know get out of here don't talk to me like i don't want to talk to you i just now something i want to get into i had a student that came from one of these local colleges i don't know he's from lebanon i think mm-hmm. and he keeps coming through his neighborhood right after trump got elected and he's like so i'm just i'm going down door to door and asking everybody's like opinion on trump or it was actually it was after he was Trump. He's trying to get opinion on on how well we thought he did. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know that you really want to hear my answers because we're gonna be here for a while. <laughs> I was like, listen, I warned him. At least you warned him. I, I did warn him. He, I talked his ear off for like half hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's like, well, you know, talking about Clinton and stuff. I was like. Is she in jail yet? I wasn't sure. I, I was just, maybe there's some kind of news breaking. He's like, no, I, you know, like I go through the whole spiel of like, I don't vote. And then I give my side of what I think about Trump and my side of what I think about Clinton. And I, you know, I'm like, dude, you got a tough, I don't know who pulled straws in, in class that day, but you got a tough assignment. Yeah, <laughs> You're yeah. trying to come down here and ask what people think about Trump knocking on people's doors in this area. I said, I don't know. You you, you pulled the wrong straw that day because <laughs> you're gonna get a lot of opinions. Yeah, that was weird because he came out like, like nine o'clock or not nine, like seven eight o'clock at night, oh. knocking on the door. 
you know, in our house, dogs are barking trying like crazy. To find yeah, trying to find, find to somebody to talk it. to him. So he was, he was like happy to die after we talked a little bit. And he was like, yeah, he's like, I didn't think of that. Or, or he's like, yeah, and he, he held his ground too, like, you know, on mm-hmm. his opinion. So it was pretty, it was pretty good. And that's, you know, I think just that in itself. Civil discourse. Yeah, this is the reason why, you know, I, I thought it was important to have Jesse on. Because there are people who I know would disagree with his politics who could not disagree with him as a person. That's that's a real thing because we have to really stop being so, uh, so one sided about things and saying you know well if it's not me if it's not how i see it then it has to be wrong Mm -hmm. just like what happened with that kid you know you start you you know you you have this discourse you you start exchanging ideas and the the beauty of that moment is that now two things that seem completely separate can start to merge and then you they be- find common ground. You find common ground, and then you start to, you know, uh, as as soon as you start to dehumanize or or, or start to uh, um, delegitimize a person due to their philosophies, you're really kind of setting yourself up to look extremely stupid at some point in time because at some point in time you're going to come across somebody who is going to make you say hmm i didn't really think about it like that Mm -hmm. you know that's that's what i think is is definitely that's in this time when it seems like we're at the height of division even though that's nothing we could really ever actually prove but it seems like it it seems like we're highly divided and you know i I think we need to have we we need to have more conversations with people who we don't uh, that who we aren't in the same bubble with yeah. people you know? we don't understand. You know, we, we have the conversation. What's the worst thing that's going to happen? Like, what you you got? You probably aren't going to fight if you if you, you know what I mean. Like, if you're over like twenty five and you got kids or something, you're probably not going to fight or nothing. What's, you might be mad at each other or something like that, but what's most important is the communication. But also look at look at in schools like debate was always like a an extracurricular club, right? Mm-hmm. Why isn't debate taught in elementary school? Why can't we learn to have healthy debate? Well, the education system up. is a whole another. Yeah, that's yeah, this whole, what, that's that's that, whole that other. By? What's yeah. that control by? Don't get him started on that. <laughs> oh, no, because I'm sure we agree on it. Though. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. Because what are they teaching them? You're not teaching them anything that's going to be useful the day they graduate. You know, Why don't they teach you how to regulate your emotions so you don't snap and do some mass shooting or something? Like those, there's so many things that need to be taught here that we can't rely on the public school system to teach people. No, you got to start at home. The public now. school system puts a dollar on every student's head, mm-hmm. and they teach you how to take a test so then you can now in turn be successful on the test so they get more money yep. that's all they care about they don't care otherwise they don't care because that money comes from the federal government don't get me wrong i've had in like you know going to private school going to garden spot like yeah. i've had some teachers who have been like 
they've been some role models. For yes, me. that and happens. There's also the teachers that you know who are just there for a paycheck, who are just there to further their career, and you can tell. And to some teachers' credit, you know they're in a in a they're also in a system that doesn't allow them to teach probably some right. of the things they would like to teach, right. and that's that's just as bad as anything else. I mean, some teachers, like you said, are are out there and they want to make a difference, but their hands, their handcuffed. Hands are tied. Yep. You know, they're sometimes their performance is being evaluated on how well, I mean, I would imagine every time on how well they kids test on get, uh, do on these tests. Right. You know, I mean, my son, he, they want to get, they don't want my system, my son to be part of the system because he doesn't test well. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to push him. They try and push him off. Like try and get him. So now he's instead in, of finding out why he doesn't test well and working with him on that. Like, well, some of the teachers, I will give them credit; they've been doing a good job. But the system in general mm-hmm. wants to get him. They, the school system doesn't want him to be a part of the testing right. because he's, they know he's going to test low, and because of that, they push him in, into often to somebody else where they now he doesn't have to partake in the test. Well, now that affects their overall grade. So now they get more money. See, mm-hmm. what kind of disgusting people even think like that? You know what I mean? Like, that's that's the kind of stuff that boggles my mind. Really, Bureaucrats, government That's types, so hard. Like, how do you just be like, oh, well, he doesn't test well, so maybe, you know, we, sh- he, we shouldn't have him as part of... What? What? Like, you're here to educate people. What do you, you're here, you know, if you, if you see an issue with that, Make it your business to 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 help it. Like it sounds like some people definitely have, but it's just that's just that's. I mean, how do we have how do we disgusting. have school how we have schools that have no heat? Yeah, yeah that's uh, well, oh, that's how do we have disgusting. air I heard one of the private schools actually Baltimore had to be closed the other day too. Around the here. ball, the Baltimore kids were going to school in winter jackets last year. Some days they couldn't even go to school; they don't have heat. Literally, there's no heating system. I mean. But yet we, you know, I say this all the time. Somehow my kid comes home with a laptop. Mm-hmm. So how's how's Tablets. that how's that justified that in one area they're coming home with laptops and computers, and another area we can't even get Cause, freaking heat? Because special things are for special people. You socialist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but yet we're worried. We're mad at a bunch of a bunch of NFL players that are trying to bring light to these subjects. Right. I, until yeah, and so trying to trying to bring from. that tarnish to that that pearly diamond, you know, heaven forbid we have any tarnish, the know, hood, this idea of what we think everything's going on. The, the hood ugliness. is the the hood is the dirt that swept under the rug. The hood is the is the un, that's underneath the sugar coating. That's what's underneath uh, the American uh, uh, sugar coating of. All is well here. All is great and thing. Until you go to the, some of the right places and see the, some of the ways people are living and the kinds of conditions that have been created in those places. And then you start to say, hey, yes, America does have its great places and that, you know, it can be extremely safe in certain places. But there are certain places where um, <laughs> what, what people have been calling Mass shootings might happen once a week or something like that. I guess a mass shooting, I think, has to do with anything that has, has to be on the property of school property. Is that for like is a that school shooting? School sh- for, for a school, school shooting, shooting, it has to be yeah, that. School. 
But for a mass shooting, I think I saw something that said that more four or more people or something have to be like injured or something like that. Well, that's yeah. that's like three hours on yeah. a weekend in Chicago. Yeah, so I'm just like that's cool. happening all the time. <laughs> but but what you're talking about too in some of these places, like you say, like the hood and like basically. I, you know, you're saying like cities, right? Like some city like areas, Baltimore right? and Chicago, inner city yeah, and type what, what's place. One thing that, what's one thing that they have in common? Those those places, they're generally democratic run. They are. That may be so. Um, but that's, that's one. That's one of the things that steered me away from like being a Democrat when I was younger because, like, when I was younger, Democrats like, oh, I just want to help everybody, but more government's not helping everybody. That's no. what I realized, and that's that's the well, way no. that the, that's the way that's, that. that the democratic it's, like that's that way and that's what i think of the left when i think of that so i understand what you're saying but the system has failed when you have roads you can talk about social welfare all you want and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. but when you have roads that have nothing to do with social welfare it's not like the roads in baltimore are like the yellow brick road to the wizard of oz you got potholes that i can drive my truck into like that stuff's not taken care of so when when that has nothing to do with the people that live there. It has to do with the government that's there that is so corrupt and the money is not funneling, you know, just that one particular example. The, the money is not funneling from the top to the bottom. Mm. The money is funneling from the top to the top's pocket. That's it. Yeah. It's not getting to those communities because people have largely forgotten it. It's, 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 when you live removed from it, it's easy to... Um, forget that it exists when you don't have people who you love living in it then it's easy to forget that it exists like I, I I can never forget it because you know I most of my family members were in some kind of inner city environment and I was hearing how they were like put like issuing curfews and stuff I was like, I remember the first time I heard that, like, uh, you know, my parents are from Chester and they were like, yeah, there's been too much shooting. So they have a curfew now. I'm like, how are you just going to tell people that they got to go inside? Like, and just, and in Chester, like, you know what I mean? Like, I've, people are always outside. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, you, uh, so I guess what I mean is that you're right. The system has failed these places, but at the same time, we got to remember that the people of this nation have largely also failed these like they failed to say that hey this does you gotta stop this if Mm -hmm. if there was a public outcry from every corner of the nation hey we're sick of the people in flint not having clean water to drink hey we we don't think we're sick of because really when you talk about but we do have a public outcry we do because that's what the kneelings. That's part of that is that 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 is definitely part of it. And and but, but it's being demonized. But I mean, like every so like facet, to me. every you know, what I mean, like, and as countrymen, you have to, you know, you would think that right. you would have to care about the conditions that your fellow countrymen you was going through. You don't get to but, pick the area you care about. Yeah, you have to, should care you, about if the whole you thing. if you're gonna care if you're gonna claim some sort of a, uh, patriotism or yeah. something, you have to seriously focus on those parts of society which have been forgotten because those are the places that actually, you know, uh, those are the places that need to be focused on and need uh, rehabilitation and things. 
So, I mean, it's, it's, it's just a really strange situation to be, I've all, I've often lived around people who have never really had to be in any kind of situation like that or go to those places. So it made it really hard for them to care about what was going on there. So in my mind though, it was, it's always been some sort of like I, the realization of what it is is just sometimes like that's that's a rough realization and like it's kind of like you're trying to create throwaway types of people you're trying to create this type of person who is probably just going to be funneled into the prison system yeah that was the other thing that happened last year like i said the schools have no heat but instead of passing a bill last year in baltimore to fund send money into funnel money into the school system they passed a bill to build another jail. I yeah, because that's on. where they really go. <laughs> I, just wa- I watched two weeks, three weeks ago, I saw an article where Penn Manor is literally knocking down a school that is functioning, has heat, and spending like $87 million to build a new school. But we have two, 100 miles away, we got a city that can't even have a school with freaking heat. That's their right. problem. I can't. Yeah, I, I, I just until somebody explains to me how that happens, I don't care if any every NFL player kneels until and and says this is bullshit. This can't go on. We're not talking about adults in schools. We're talking about kids that cannot. How how does a a five year old or a ten year old be able to affect change? Right. You know, because the media is not going to go to the middle of Baltimore and say. Well, hey, here's here's a ten year old, and he's talking about not having heat because that's not gonna you know that's not gonna fly. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. And when we, I hope I I mean I don't care if the NFL players lay on the ground. I, I could care less. They they bring, they shed some kind of light that's going, and they're using their platform to shed light of what's going on in these places. What would happen if we would t- if you know like Greg Hardy played for the Cowboys? That that guy he. He was he like assaulted his girlfriend, had like twenty guns in his house, and was like physically assaulting her with this stuff, and like nobody said a word. I'm not gonna pff, protest the NFL. Why would I protest the NFL? Who cares? Heaven forbid somebody want to kneel and bring some positivity in the world. <laughs> gotta protest that. We got we, no more NFL yeah. for me. Oh, it, I can fucking yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just no, and I, I I get like I said I get the point of what he was trying to bring about. I just think I think there was more tactful ways to go about it, and I think the same thing about a lot of stuff that President Trump has done. I think that there's some things that he has he has done well, and I think he's tried to do well. But I think the way he goes about it, he's a complete moron. You can't call you can't call a whole league of players son of a bitches. <laughs> well, you shouldn't call people that in general. Well, you shouldn't call people like, that in general because I. I Obviously, I'm an Eagles fan, and I love Malcolm Jenkins. And Malcolm Jenkins has done more in the community than Donald Trump, being president, will ever do in any fashion, ever. So I don't think that's a fair thing to say, because you don't know that for sure. Wow. I hear uh, in the future. I get where you're coming from. I'm saying, I get I, that you're saying that he's done a lot of great things. I think I mean, he's in, oh he's in the trenches. He he's he's there. As, you, would you want to be the president? Be scrutinized by every single person out there, and every little thing that you but, say is under a mic- microscope, and the media is trying to talk to you. No, I would not I want would to be that person. That I, mean, I would never want to be a police officer because I don't want to make that distinction between oh, is this kid pulling a gun out on me or oh, is absolutely. he pulling a cell phone? Like that's where like 
I I do, and I see I do see it from both sides of the story, like both sides of the line, and it's it's just see I, I see the presidency as a, have a different perspective. I don't think the presidency like I don't think he's voted in. I don't so for me from the perspective of there's a reason why he's there. You know, he didn't volunteer out of the goodness of his heart to do this for America. There's a why, reason. Why are you? Why do you work? What's that? Why do you work? Why do I work? Yeah. What do you mean? What do you go to work for? Well, to provide for my family. Okay. He's he's got more money than God. I mean, he don't need. God doesn't have money. Well, whatever. <laughs> I know what you're saying. He's got a lot of money, but he, it would, it's not like he's there's not, a lot of people who have tons money of money to. and don't do a lot of stuff for other people. There's people who have five dollars and will give that five dollars and donate their That's time true. and everything. So like. I mean, it's, it's, it's so much is just subjective and it's everyone, everyone is demonized. Like I said, like, I, I just feel like th- that's where my motto comes in. Like do no harm. And I see both sides and I do definitely, um, side more with certain things based on like certain policy policies and ideals. But man, like I, I think we're all, we're, a lot of us, like we're on the same page. We get into like, we get into some of the little minor details about certain things I don't, man, like, I don't want to see any kids have to suffer. Right. Like, there's no kid in this earth that needs to suffer, that deserves to suffer. There's no, there's really no people who should. None of us deserve to suffer. And that's really what's at the heart of all of this. When we talk about what's going on and the, you know, the things that go on between the police brutality and all these things, really the undercurrent of all of this is scarcity and impoverishment we 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 as a nation or as a civilization of people uh have not been able to 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 realize that poverty and the reducing of a person's uh, uh potential is actually probably the number one most corrosive like corrosive part of society the fact that you're that we we build societies to have people like this. If you need certain people to uh, kind of fuel the machine, you, you you probably you educate them to be those people. You put them in situations where they can easily become those people, the undesirable people. And I think realistically, everywhere you look in the world, every problem that comes to people has to do with somebody feeling some sort of sense of scarcity when there's so much, like there's so much here. There's so much, we, we always, you know, I know that some people think, you know, the, the resources will all run out and things like that. That's not proven. And plus the people, you know, the people, the world hasn't been, as long as we keep putting, putting dollar amounts over, the worthiness of a person uh, in any way, shape, or form, and definitely within the confines of an individual country, you're always going to have this situation where there's going to be police brutality. There's always going to be kids going to school and not having heat. There's always going to be all of these attributes of poverty as long as people continue to act like that's not really the issue here. And, you know, it's, I mean, I have, having a, 
having a dad that was a police officer like you know i i do see both sides of it i do see the how the the police officers uh you know they have to make split second decisions and i understand that i have i have the utmost respect for any police officer who understands what he's there to do Mm -hmm. that he's there to serve and protect and that he's not there to um actually bring on a criminal element and when when a person murders a person they of of course i you know yes you're a police officer maybe it's not even being looked at like you murdered somebody but if you take somebody's life that's a decision and i know that they may have uh, a short amount of time to uh to decide whether or not they're going to pull the trigger or something like that. But I think that once again, that's where the, uh, the, the institution has failed, not just the public, but the police officers, because I think they're still trying to act like policing with a gun is the best course of action. Not to say that it should be totally removed, but at the same time, I mean, there's all kinds of inventions in the world. People have, you know, people tried to, you know, with, with tasers and things. You can't figure out how to subdue people without killing them. That, no, you, you can, but when they have the implement to kill you too, like, and you can kill someone with a knife, man. Like, it's... They need to go to Batman, get no, that you, thing he got. You go back to the <laughs> biblical study and stuff, like, with a rock, you could beat someone to death. So I, I just mean, think... I think we police police the wrong way. And what I mean by that is we have police coming from, like I drive through Baltimore and I see the policemen I see are like 19 year old, fresh out of college, white kids. Like, I don't know how that, that particular person is going to police a community he has no uh, understanding of no, you know, background with like, to me, they have to come up with some kind of program where they're, helping people that live in the community become policemen. And I think you, you stop a lot of the violent, you stop a lot of the violence between the police and the, the community. Cause now that person has ties to the community mm-hmm. and can now hopefully work out some of their problems just by going to the community and, and talking to them as opposed to having some fresh out of college kid that has no clue what he's doing. And then not only that, then you have pressure when a lot of these incidents I think happen because twofold things happen. There's people that are getting pulled over that are nervous because they see all the crap that goes on, on the, on the, um, on the news. And then you have police officers that are nervous because they don't know what that person. So there's just two, two frictional things happening. And it's just that that's not going to work. That's going to create a scenario where, bad things happen but that, that's also good well, intentions right well and and the idea that there's more that there's too many laws in the books that you know the government and police are involved too much yeah if there was less interaction with the police can you agree that there would be less police brutality oh sure absolutely so why do we have all these laws like if they if people aren't harming each other like don't get me wrong if there's someone beating someone to death i expect someone to call the damn cops right but I'm also the kind of believer where I think, you know, someone should have the right to defend themselves. And that's why I'm big on Second Amendment, 
because a lot of times what will happen is if you do, like for me personally, like I don't want to call the police except for if it's the absolute last resort or I have to, you know? Yeah. Like I, I want to be able to take care of my own stuff. I, I try my best to stay out of trouble, to avoid bad situations, those kind of things. But when there's just police driving around looking for their trouble, like that's, yeah. I mean, the stuff that, that we, we could do when we were kids or that our parents could do when they were kids, those same kind of things people are going and getting locked up for nowadays. And well, yeah. it's, it's, well, that's because we put a dollar sign on people. Mm hmm. A person in jail is worth more than a person not in jail. To the government. To the government. If, right. I mean, if you ever get a chance. Jeff Sessions owns a, owns stock or owns part of the prison system. Mm -hmm. He is a person that has a very big control of what happens when laws are implemented, right? So you, if you are somehow going to be a, in some form of government, you should not be allowed to own any, no. any sort of. Uh, investment in a prison right especially well, that, when you work for the justice department well that's not Agreed. that's not capitalistic right there wow. that's not that's i mean i guess he can do it because i guess it, it makes sense because they're making money i don't know <laughs> that's, yeah but that's like those things that are like special interests and, and they just they should not be like there's certain things you shouldn't be involved in like i mean i i Rex Tillerson was uh, was a part of a big oil company. He was he was part of Exxon, I think, and Exxon did fracking, right? Mm -hmm. Well, they started fracking near uh, Rex Tillerson's house. He got pissed off because all the things that had come along with the fracking, the noise, the water. Right. So he went and said, "Listen, you can't frack near my house anymore." So it was okay that right that he didn't want it near his house, mm -hmm. but for everybody else, tough shit. Of course. You know, I mean, this is the kind of things that we just, that go on, that we, that happen every day. I see such a elite people up here and the, everybody believe, below them, it doesn't matter. They don't care. Mm -hmm. And that I think that gap widens every day. Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't know how you stop that, how you re rein in these people that are untouchable, that we don't even know probably most of these people's names. We see... And that's what I say. Like Trump is that actor. Like he's he's getting some kind of benefit. He'll leave office richer than he came in. Yeah. That tax bill he signed benefits real estate. Who 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 just one of the biggest real estate people you know? Trump is. Yeah. You know. Also in that bill, you know, what comes along with the immigration, he allowed all his like major league buddies. You know, he's all mad. He doesn't like the football. Right, but he's buddies with the major league guys. Well, it, on page like two hundred and ninety-six of that bill was a was a, uh, something called the prom, not the promise program, the American Promise or something like that, which allowed because there's fifty percent of the minor league players are immigrants. Okay. He he allowed the the um, the the major league owners to pay them less than minimum wage to play baseball. So I mean like. Some of the stuff is just BS, and yeah. it's, that's buried in some bill that we never will see. And right. half the people aren't going to read. The politicians that are going to sign it. They're just going to say, "Hey, how much will you pay me to sign that?" Well, no, they they even say they're like, "Oh, look, I know that this is your interest. This is this is your number one priority. Yeah. So look, I got your number one priority in right. here, but all this other crap that I have in here, you're not going to read. It's going to undermine you and screw Meanwhile, everybody else. Meanwhile, they got to give themselves raises and all this crap. I don't know about you, but like I'm not getting a, a my taxes aren't going to go down that much. That's going to justify now they get a raise for for working a hundred days out of the year. 
right. and doing a shitty job. <laughs> and that, that's, I'm can telling we, you, that's, that's. Can we give them a raise based on their performance? Can we can vote we, on can that? We, can we fire them? But that's that's just a, the only solution, and that's that's the only thing I can think of. Honestly, is just we've got to try as a whole as a people to limit their power. We have to vote, and and I, you know, there's a lot of people who want and think of the libertarian way, and I think, like I said, I think there's a lot more of us who are along the same lines, but. They even have that whole thing out there, like, oh, well, if you're not voting for this person, yeah. you know, if you don't vote Democrat, then you're giving a vote to the Republican. If you don't vote Republican, you're giving a vote to the Democrat. But really, we just we need to limit their power. We 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 need wow. to stop giving them so so much ability to control. We don't need to be sending them when as mo- much of our tax money that they can be wasting when on money stuff we rules don't vote the, for. When money rules the world, how do you can stop? people with the most money that's that's the number one thing here is that how does this you know how does this how does this get uh rerouted you know <laughs> I, I don't know if uh you know i don't know I think if we should all stop working yeah, everybody just stop going to work and then just everybody just quits <laughs> then it's, you imagine get everybody on the same chaos. page yeah yeah it would be mass chaos yeah. Hey, sometimes you need a little chaos. Oh, I think it'd be more than a little. Though. This thing That's what's crazy. Like, think about the craziest person you've probably ever met with. Oh, no... I think I wake up and look in the mirror sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> no purpose, no guidelines, no nothing. I just pure chaos. I don't want no guidelines. Yeah. No, I mean, the, within, that, the amount reason. of chaos that goes on that would go on in that scenario, it can't be much worse than the amount of chaos that actually goes on in the government. Imagine it, you imagine what we see and what we know about. Imagine the stuff we don't know about. You know I, what I mean like But that's what, that's part of the reason why I always looked at like all right, most of the people who who who, who do uh participate in voting. My question has always been how well versed can you be in the political process because it seems to be this thing that is like a bottomless well of like things that like you're like oh well, I didn't know that and then you're like you learn something else you're like oh and then you learn something else and it's bottomless because realistically you you're not gonna know what these people you know are are, are doing um, behind the scenes you don't understand the the the, the the backroom agreements and things that the happen between people like the, yeah. you know, everything, uh, but I don't know, but that's, that's the conspiracy theorist in me popping up, talking to he's, it's too deep. <laughs> it's too deep, brother. You better don't go down them waters, but, down the rabbit hole. but yeah, but the truth of the matter is, is that this thing that has been constructed here is like infinitely deeper then uh i think people even have patience for like to to try to understand the 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 underlying forces behind why policy and things change that is i mean i can't imagine that that ever actually bottoms out like you you find out more and more things eventually you just find out that since people made civilization people have been trying to get power in those civilizations 
And that works in a variety of different ways, you know, in a variety of different governments on every continent. I also, but at the same time, I still think that I, I, I personally would like to understand more about the political process. I'm just very uh, disenchanted with with how it, you know, it it looks to be one thing, but it seems to be something else. Like it, like it seems to be something else here than just, Oh, they, they're out here working for the good old red, white, and blue. It's like, now nah, these people are here trying to make enough money for generations of their families. And, uh, they don't care who gets ran over in that process at all. That's, that's real conspiracy thing. <laughs> I'm a, I feel like I just got possessed the by the spirit. I just got possessed by the spirit of Alex Jones. <laughs> well, oh, you'll get us banned. Though. Oh no, get us banned. We won't. They, they permanently banned him. I saw that. I was like, I was a little. I I don't. I don't really know what to think about that. I mean, listen. There's an on and off switch to everything. You don't like what he's saying? Turn it off. Yeah. I was like, why are you banned? Like, I, I don't, don't really. I mean, I think it's that simple. You do not have to listen to it. No. Like, the, and he he's over there saying those things, and that's a slippery slope. Why are you listening to him? Yeah. Well, Why are I, you listening I, to someone who's a, <laughs> who, who, who you don't think has any grasp on reality or like? You're giving him ratings. I used to listen to Alex Jones a lot when I was a kid. Like, and, and I was like, oh, Bohemian Grove and. Oh, that's what you know. I learned. I learned. So, I, I learned a lot of things about the conspiracy theorist mind from Alex Jones. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, that doesn't mean that I agree with everything that you know he says. You know, I've never encountered any teacher who I believed a hundred percent of what they said. I learned things that seemed to make sense to me, but I mean, who gets to determine who gets to say what? Yeah. So I don't believe he doesn't believe everything I said, like what I believe. In. Yeah. He, I don't believe. So now I say the part I don't believe in he, what he thinks. Okay, well that's hate speech or that's whatever. You got to take that off. That's what right. I mean. That's, that's like a, a slippery that's a slope. slippery slope right, right, right there. Like it, that's that's it's all, it's all subjective. Yeah. I mean, I could say that you being here with your shoes off right now like that that could offend me like, i was offended you know what i mean like i got sandals over about. here somewhere anything that's different i know and I, that's i had this thought conversation with my daughter i was like so she thought he should be banned i'm mm-hmm. like okay well you like doing makeup right and so you start doing videos on how to do makeup well, I don't like the the whatever brand makeup Color. you're on. So now I should be able to now because of what happened to Alex Jones, I should be able to send an email to whoever at YouTube, and they should be able they should take you off just because I don't agree with the brand you're making. Right, it's the same thing, and it's like you said, it's slippery slope, and I guess nobody will be on YouTube because <laughs> there's always somebody that's going to disagree with there's whatever always, you're doing. It's all it's YouTube <laughs> like, is full of offenses. Yeah. Life is full of offenses. Life is an offensive process. Every day you're going to encounter something that uh, makes you think, oh, well, that's not right. But that's only due to your little reality tunnel. Like, it's not, just because something is not good for you does not mean it is not good for someone else. And that's, that's you know, 
that takes a certain level of compassion in order to get there. Because realistically, if you don't, you're just going to be looking at everything else like the devil or something, you know? Wasn't be that like Bobby ago, Boucher's mom. Wasn't that mm-hmm. long ago that somebody was burning books, you know? And YouTube's not books, but it's kind of like the transition of books now. Where that's like kind of close to books anymore. So now we're, we're creating, we're not burning books, but we're, we're taking down people that just have an opinion we don't agree with. And that's, that's just, that's not just freedom of speech. That's freedom in general. That's a disaster. Yeah. You know, we can't, even, we wouldn't even, you get to a certain point, we can't even have these conversations that we're having just like a simple conversation. Right. You know, and it's messed up. Sometimes when, uh, when we were, when we're recording these things, like I always wonder if, and I hope, I, I hope that it's completely wrong, but, I always wonder if the podcast uh, flood of this time has to do with a group of people who subconsciously believe that they're going into a time where they're going to have to be far less expressive of their actual feelings. I hope I'm wrong, but there's a part of me that says, hmm, that might be what's going on here. That we want to get our thoughts out there to be documented for maybe future generations of people before some iron fist comes and just is like, no more of that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, it's, that's pretty eerie. That was eerie. I, I listened to myself say that. It was eerie. <laughs> it's kind of scary if you think about we're putting our, our opinions and our thoughts out there and heaven forbid there ever is something like a, a nazi germany they'll be coming at our door oh yeah they'll be coming that like that's a scary thought you know i mean i didn't need the podcast before they'd be coming to my door they were coming yeah, to my door you were already <laughs> you were already out there saying crazy it was over a long time ago for me but now I, I brought you down. Yeah, I right. Brought you, I brought you guys yeah, down now, with me. Now here I am. I'm, I, they're going to put me in the... You associate What they call the gulag. They're going to yeah. put me in the, But no. Um, yeah, I think that... I think I think that's a, that's a pretty good place for us to wrap it up. It's, it's, it's pretty... It's good and late. Yeah. You know? Yeah, we, <laughs> you know, we're it's probably going on for a few more hours. It's good and late. But uh, yeah, Jesse, thanks for, for, for coming on and... Uh, you know, like I said, this is a show about perspectives and, and, you know, I, I've always valued your perspective on, uh, your outlook on the world and, uh, Thank you, peop- pe- people need to know that that comes in many shapes and sizes and from all different kinds of people. Realistically, most of us here just want to like spread love and like you say, do no harm to people. Yes, sir. So, um, this is a good example of a conversation where we weren't exactly agreeing on everything, but we're no. still just having a conversation mm-hmm. and we learned a little bit. You're well, not going to agree with anybody 100% of the time. So, no, no but I respect you guys' differing yeah. opinions and yeah. I thank you for listening yeah. to mine. And that's Absolutely. all, and that's what it's all about. People come together, stop trying to find reasons to force yourself away from somebody else. Civil and, discourse. Absolutely, absolutely. Engaging it. So, uh, I don't, Rob, you got any, anything else you wanted to leave uh, I'm, I'm good. people with? I'm going to sleep very soon. Yeah, man. I'm, <laughs> I, I want to, but I'm too hungry. And I'm, you I'm hungry? Know, I'm always hungry <laughs> at like weird times. 
I'm like a gremlin. This is the worst time to eat, dude. <laughs> never feed. You should never eat now. I never know. Feed I should will after never feed me because <laughs> because what happens? I'll go up and eat now, and then I'll be up for like another hour, hour and See, a half. Man, so. I had the opposite. I'll be knocked out somewhere. Did you? I was I was watching uh, Elon Musk on Joe Rogan earlier. <laughs> oh no! This is about to start <laughs> a whole that? new segment. Did you see that though? He I was watched, like, he. I don't know. Did you watch any? I didn't watch it. I listened to it. But, like, he just is like, I don't know. There's something strange with him. Like, He's the clone if, of himself. Yeah, it felt like I was watching, like, was somebody. Was it because he kind of sounded like a robot? But, like, he was hesitating to. Yeah, like, he, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. You like, hear this. Ugh, it's I like, don't know. he's that smart. He invent he, like, invented a clone of himself and, like, sent it to do an interview. Because he never does interviews like that. Like, Joe, remember that time you thought you interviewed yeah. me? Wasn't me. It was my third clone. Yeah, <laughs> the second one died in a car I, crash. I don't have enough time in the day. I gotta had to get some clones to get enough work done. Makes sense. Elon Musk, man. I'm telling you, they smoking weed and drinking, and I'm like that. That I'm got. I'm gonna finish. I'm gonna go to bed and I'm gonna watch it in bed because I I missed. I, I still to, have an hour ago. I still have to listen to uh, like yeah, like an hour. Or so it was crazy. It was wild. Like the, the, listening to it and watching his like. Uh, his mannerisms and stuff you gotta watch it it's weird I gotta watch hey I gotta I'm just gonna watch it's it it's just strange to see somebody like that and then like one of those people that's out there and like really intelligent and, like I hope everything's alright with him because he's one of those he feels he's a modern day superhero or something he seems downtrodden he, he seemed like he was like kinda like it felt like something he knew something was coming and he couldn't. He couldn't that, stop that it. hesitance. Yeah. That can, I, I, I definitely. Did you feel like that? I, like I, I feel like he knows something. Like he coming. would take really long pauses yeah. before he would say something, and he would really be. He would really weigh his. He words. was very calculated on what he said, he, like, which he isn't a bad thing because no. I do similar things. <laughs> but all right. Well. But yeah, enough <laughs> yeah. about that. Go watch that. Come back. Listen to us next week. We'll have. Probably somebody new. If not, it'll just be me and Rob rambling again. So, uh, like always, thanks for checking us out one more time. And uh, we'll see you next time. Yep, later. And uh, check out the the links for Will's music. will be at the bottom also. I suggest that highly. And uh, see you next week. Peace.